This is Summoning Insight. Hello. Welcome to a fresh episode of Summoning Insight, Multicrystal. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much. And, you know, I thought we'd talk about Carmine Corp first because oh, okay. obviously Carmine Corp has had a lot of issues. Everybody's talking about what could possibly go wrong with Carmine Corp. And so I figured we could make some analogies here about Carmine Corp okay. and uh, their performance so far. So, you know, one of the things that I hate is, you know, sometimes you you're you haven't gone grocery shopping in a while and all you have in the house anymore is just an eggplant and some chocolate. And both of these things are fine on their own, okay. but there okay. is no okay. way you could possibly make these things work together. And you're kicking no, yourself and you not. wish, you know, I could have gone shopping. But you know what, guys, if you get HelloFresh through us, you don't even have to worry about shopping because they will just deliver all of the right ingredients for a given meal, and you can make that meal properly from the start. You don't have to go to the store, and you don't have to rely on things that may not go together. Uh, they may be a little bit old and moldy from being in the ERLs for too long. That's a real problem as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, sometimes it's a new year, and you want to make some you know, some some fresh kind of changes to your life, change up your habits, right? Perhaps you've been eating a lot of fast food. And if you've been eating a lot of shit like Carmine Corp, then you can change your habit now and eat some fresh ingredients instead, right? And you can change that habit. I know it's really tempting if you've been coaching upset for two years to try another year of coaching upset, but that's just not going to work for you. So you got to get yourself some new habits, new meals, and that's why you should go try HelloFresh with our code. And what this means, guys, you can also get free breakfast for life with our code. You can get- It's like coffee cup, they're free as fuck. It's all <laughs> free. free. They're free. It's so free. <laughs> the breakfast you will get is just as free as Carbade Corp right now. Oh. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash free. And use code LFNFREE for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash LFNFREE with code LFNFREE. Thank you very much, okay. guys. Again, supporting our sponsors is the best way to support us, after all. And we try to make it entertaining for you guys. Very good. So we will actually yeah, talk about. Them. Oh, yeah, the thing is, Monty, what threw me is I thought you were doing. I thought you were doing a Chekhov's gun, and somehow the eggplant and the chocolate represent. You know, like it's like the chocolate <laughs> ball because on the one hand you gorge yourself on it, you greed like he does, but that's you know it's sickly sweet in the end. Is eggplant? Is that supposed to be upset? You know, the big dick players, but at the end he's just almost like a, a childish emoji on a phone instead. I thought, where's he going on this? But it's just about ordering food. In fair enough, it's true. You, can, you indeed cannot make much out of an eggplant and chocolate. You did pick two good ingredients. There. Okay. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, yeah. So Carmine Corp, I, I will admit, I have not seen their most recent game that was played today yet. Uh, I'll that be also wasn't that. good. Oh. <laughs> None of them were good. Oh, mate. I know. Good. <laughs> but I have seen all of the other five. Uh, and uh, I'll be reviewing that last one on my sure. stream tomorrow. By the way, guys, I am doing my bangers only streams right now. So you can check out Monte Cristo on Twitch. Uh, we've been curating some of the best games from around League of Legends that have happened you so far. G versus T1, that bagger game, if people didn't see it, the marquee game to start LCK, so there's one to watch. Yep, there's one to watch. And uh, also, I've got edits going up on my YouTube channel now, so edited versions on the GG Monte Cristo YouTube channel. And then I have a new bangers-only YouTube channel 
uh, that is every single VOD in its entirety unedited if you guys want that. I'll drop all the oh, links right. below. So okay. you have two choices. You can get all of the unedited VODs, which are just the game from pick and yeah, ban yeah. all the way to the end of the game, or good games, good matches, particularly good ones. We'll be doing highlights uh, on my main channel as well. So there you go. Go subscribe to both the YouTube channels and my Twitch channel. Thank you very much. That's my plug at the start. I have been streaming. I'm going to be streaming like six days a week this year. So it'll be a lot of games, a lot of games. Yeah, um, that's good. It's a bit like uh, like one of the things I always appreciate on the NFL Pass is they do that like 40-minute game version where you can either watch the whole thing or if it's already done, I just watch that one, mate, where they just cut out all the time <laughs> sure, so you yeah, don't yeah, make yeah. it on third down or whatever, you know, like it's obviously way better, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just enjoy um, the best parts. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Carmine Corp, let's turn our attention to them because... Look, before we go to LEC, I feel like we've got some other stuff we have to get into, right? <laughs> like it doesn't have to be big, but... I'm sure people will wonder, Monty. This is one area where I think we can actually serve people. When people see that story from yesterday that Jacob Wolf, where he didn't report, he just quoted, tweeted it. Someone else reported. It was obviously Riot themselves released this information that they've laid off like like 500 people or so, or 400 something people, right? As far as you know, it's not going to actually be like the people who do League of Legends, though, right? I think that's the part that people are missing, Monty. They saw like Riot Games, lays people off, and they're like, oh, they think it's esports winter. Like, holy shit, is like everyone who's in the LCS department. As far as we know, it's just people within the company, right, who work on the games and stuff, right? Yeah, so there's there's kind of several. Some esports people were laid off. Um, I saw some names that I knew. People have been working there for 10 years. Um, but so big names. Well, that's like famous people. I mean, not famous people, but like people I knew personally who had been working there since I worked with though, yeah. Riot and like some, okay. some good people too, honestly. Like uh, I was sad to see some of the names on there because they were some of the good ones. Unfortunately, guys, I know you're really excited. None of the shit ones got fired. I'm sorry. I'm not, none, of the, none of the bad ones got let go as far as I know at this point in time, which is a big, big bummer. It's a big bummer. It was, it was an opportunity to clean house, but of course, sure. there were no like upper management people who were who were let go from from Riot Esports. Even of course, their salary would help even more, and you'd have to fire less people, wouldn't you? But yeah, yeah. silly old me with that one. Yeah. By the no, way, don't... check out if you don't know. I think it's on the YouTube Shorts or whatever. Check out the as I as I requested. There is now the musical version of my rendition, "Silly Old Rigby," copying Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. It's actually out there. It's on it's on Twitter. I think it's on the YouTube Shorts. Maybe it's a good little clip. They actually put the music behind it like i told them to it actually sounds great i'm also almost on beat it's not bad because i didn't have that music playing in the background it wasn't bad it wasn't bad um so yeah i a lot of the people that were like oh so they made a post and they said um some of it's from legends of runeterra the really bad card game that oh, riot right. made okay. um, because they said it's not profitable and here's the key guys they said very specifically, Legends of Runeterra, they've spent more money on it than they've made. Now, you'll notice they don't say this about esports, which is very interesting, yeah. very interesting. Now, you would have expected them to say, hey, we're dialing back on esports because, you know, we're not making money from it. But again, we know their marketing exercise is very successful and they are tying significant revenue to esports that, again, they have been hiding for years. Dude, I think people forget they have three games that are pop. They have TFT, fucking Valorant, and League of Legends. Guys. They must just be printing money, mate. Come on, they must just make so much money off these games. Of course, they must. Of course. Um, and then some of the artists, they let go. They they um, stopped the Riot Forge program, which was their partnership program with independent developers to use League of Legends IP for new games. Um, uh, yeah, so I saw some of their writers and artists, concept artists and stuff. Those, those people were let go. Some people on the production side uh, were let go. Some producers uh, on the esports side, I think, were let go. Um, they let go some people from like Wild Rift esports, which 
you know, basically wasn't going anywhere. And they had kind of canceled their esports circuit for that anyway. So I found that less than, you know, less than surprising. So it was kind of a smattering of people here and there. Um, but it, sub substantively, I don't think it will really have any real effect on League of Legends esports. So that's that's kind of where we're at with this. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, I think I think it's it's a bummer to see that, but ultimately, I, I don't think this is going to be something that really affects our our team, uh, like our our esports world. That is so. Um, there is some other news that was very interesting this last week, Thorne, that we have to discuss, which is something again that we can only do on this show because no one else is capable really of talking about this in depth, which is that. The LCK teams issued a public joint oh, yes. letter to the LCK, basically telling them in no uncertain terms that the business of the LCK was garbage. They were losing a bunch of money that revenue projections from the LCK have not been met uh, that they were given when franchising started and that they were very, very angry. Um, and this is rather remarkable because we haven't seen, they said all 10 teams said that they agreed to well, this then statement. Came the drama, didn't it? <laughs> then came the drama. Shall I read out the tweet, the deleted tweet now, Monty? Yes, you could, you could read out the Joe Mars deleted tweet. Our favorite punchy bag slash idiot slash CEO, Joe Marsh, base Joe Marsh. And by the way, even the fact that that guy says based on whatever, 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 LS, listen, you've been known to make questionable choices when it comes to men. I told you that joke one million times, but it will always apply to this day. So what happened is Joe Marsh made a tweet. Now, by the way, two pieces of context, guys. One, he deleted this tweet. And then two, he deleted his whole Twitter account. So actually, if you don't understand, it's even implied this tweet's why he had to delete his whole Twitter account. So, you, and by the way, you'll see why. Because think about what Monty just said. This is like double lift level shit. Are you ready, guys? So you know how Monty just said the team all collectively got together and were like, right, let's, you know, do a show of force. Together, we'll write a letter that says, this is unacceptable. We have to do it differently. Good old Joe Marsh does a tweet. T1 LOL told the other nine teams, we did not wish to participate in this letter. We told them we wouldn't comment publicly as to not hurt their cause. But that was before they posted it without changing the language from 10 to 9. T1 talks to LCK in private, not via public letters. Now, the reason why, by the way, guys, that is mental is one, you have just also full on double lift fucking wrecked all the other people in this like group because you're T1, the main crown jewel of Korean esports. And then two, if you know how like chair balls work, guys, the idea that like everyone in all these orgs would just like hold stand, like this almost feels like I'd have to go to the different levels of the companies and the investors and find out like, I wonder what they really think though. Who would they support? Because in this particular case, I think actually just this tweet alone, you actually have Loki done a double lift. You've sort of publicly undercut the whole message. Like even if you didn't agree, if the message was 10 instead of nine, like, if it's like, oh, like we're double lift. By the way, that was one of the best details of the LCS walkout that they could see. We had every player. That was actually quite compelling. That that does crystallize in your mind. So what's your thoughts on this overall topic? Monty? Obviously there's two parts. There's the weird tier one angle. And then there's the angle of like, what about team action against LCK? Because people will know from Arnold's tweets last year, they don't make money in the LCK. They also lose money there. And it costs a lot of money to run teams. Is why presumably they brought in like the financial protections, like the salary caps and the rookie contracts and these things. So what's your thoughts on either aspect, the T1 one or the overall one? 
So the other thing about T1 is just because Joe Marsh said something in a knee-jerk reaction on Twitter, because we know Joe Marsh just goes on Twitter and says random shit. Yes. And he doesn't the Koreans do might not think this at all, right? <laughs> the, you know, he doesn't have a lot of foresight in his public statements. Yes. Like, remember him talking about oiling up owner on Discord? Remember all the random crap that he's just tweeted? Uh, he's had to delete a bunch of tweets in his time. So here's the other thing. It is possible that the Korean side of T1 did agree to yep. this. Yep. And Joe Marsh did not or did not know. Or... That the, it, something was lost in translation somewhere along the way about the message and like, did he fully understand the context of the, the statement that went out only in Korean, right? And did he just use like Google Translate to read it? And so was there something that was lost there? I don't know. But it's certainly you cannot discount that possibility uh, in the sequence of events. And certainly, Thorin, it seems like there was dissent at T1, because otherwise, why would he delete his Twitter tweet? And oh, then why exactly. would he delete his whole Twitter afterwards? If yep. he was just going to stand strong on this and he didn't yep. fuck up at all. So we can ask, how did he fuck up? Is it because he fucked up like you said, Thorin, because it was a, you know, a show of weakness and he undermined their cause? Uh, did he just not understand that some people in Korea did agree to this? And he didn't know about it or misunderstood or there was some issue with, like I said, something lost in translation. We don't know. Um, it's also clear that T1 has the most to lose in this situation. Oh, there's a tweet. Actually, I didn't see this until now, Monty. There's oh, actually yeah? a tweet from Tucker who owns T1 where this is how you know what happened, mate. Because someone said something about... Um, are you ready? Some someone replied to like a tweet about this topic and said this doesn't look good for T1. And this is from a long time T1 fan. And Tucker, who is at BLT on yep. uh oh, he's the creator of yes. Star Four Worlds. Is this the guy, right? He just doesn't yep. have many followers. He's a famous guy though, right? Yep. Basically, he replied and said, While many of the points relating to LCK business are legitimate, using the T1 name in a statement we haven't approved is not okay. I mean, Tucker may not know well, either. <laughs> Oh, okay, fair fair <laughs> Again, if, if there's some divide between the T1 side. So for you, the guys who don't know, Tucker Roberts is the son of the Comcast CEO, and he's the one who runs um, all of the esports well, you operations. You replied to it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. yeah. You actually so, replied to this thread. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he is the one who, you know, runs. The, he's basically Joe's boss. Um, it and just so shows he, you all that the, obviously the line of communication, something's getting lost. Something's broken in this system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So who knows what it is? Uh, something could be have happened between the SKT side and the Comcast side, because this is a joint venture between Comcast, which is led by Tucker Roberts, and uh, the old SKT organization that kind of formed a joint venture to run T1. Um, so there's two different entities involved. Now, one thing that I want to point out, Thorin, and I pointed this out on the Monty and Wolf show, which is again out this week, but it's very important to note that... It is a very rare situation where all of these Chable companies. So let's go over the companies that have invested or who are operating teams within LCK. Okay. So we have T1, which is part of SK Telecom, which is part of SK Group. SK Group includes SK Hynix, which is a chip manufacturer. Um, they have like a market, 
they have like a market cap of something like $65 billion. They're one of the biggest companies in South Korea. We have KT, who's one of the biggest telecom companies. We have Hanwha, who, as we've discussed previously on this show, does Hanwha Life is their life insurance product, but they started as an explosives manufacturing company. Um, we have Kwangdong, which is a pharmaceutical company, right? Um, there are a lot of big organizations, um, huge organizations that run esports teams. And these huge organizations are bigger than Riot. Uh, many of them are much bigger than Riot. And they run a variety of sports teams. And so I want you guys to ask yourselves, what would it take for all of these massive Korean companies in a culture that is fundamentally conflict-averse to publicly create a statement against Riot? Like oh, this I, is. I, by the way, I wanted to ask you a quick thing just to shed this in. Do you think also, because to me, a significant part of this is, even though there's Riot Korea, Riot, the overall company, though, isn't actually Korean. I wondered if that's a component here, Monty, because I feel like if this was like OGN or some other thing that was tied into Kesper, there just never would be a public thing. It'd be more like Joe Marsh's. It'd be privately, maybe they'd discuss things or push back. The idea they've done it publicly, I agree, it's like a very, that's quite an emphatic crazy. thing for Koreans to do. Yeah, they're that's going crazy. out of the way here. Like, I don't think people understand. In a way, this is way more momentous than the LCS walkout. It's just it hasn't got the same fanfare with Western fans at all, yeah? I mean, this is this is much bigger because these companies are much bigger than Riot, both some yes. of them individually and certainly collectively by, like, uh, orders of magnitude, right? And this should be something, you know, their budgets for these teams should be really not significant in the compared to their overall marketing budget if people want to know i've just looked up the sk company has assets worth 153 billion dollars guys so yeah. just gonna put that out that's one of these companies by the way so just throw that out there you know no yeah, exactly no so you know they they have cash to burn and and like you can say okay well sk sk didn't want to do this but there was clearly some you know mi you know misconception that was happening but a lot of these other companies which are also fucking huge are coming in and they're saying this is broken which also means by the way that they have told riot korea behind the scenes oh, about yes, a million times yes. that the yeah. the business model is fundamentally broken and they call them out they say you are not sharing the profits that are made from the successful marketing of the game that we provide. And we have, they have the lowest, they have the lowest revenue shares of any major region, despite the fact that they are hugely watched, right? Despite the fact that they literally- they won the last two worlds as well. <laughs> like, they won the last two the worlds, they won more worlds yeah. than anybody else. They had yeah. a million concurrent viewers for the first day of T1 versus Gen G guys. Compare that to- LCS, which has 100,000, like literally 10% of the viewership. Um, you know, this is this is kind of a disaster. Uh, and for these big companies to like put their foot down publicly and say like, this is not working for us, there has to be some massive change here. You know, this is this is crazy that they would do this. And I think people just don't understand the importance 
I mean, think of, of the, think this of the kind analogy of I give to the LCS walk-up, Monty. To me, this implies, like, you again, think about what Monty's saying. This isn't just like, oh, we're making a political statement, guys, like power to the people. They're doing this because they want something, guys. And in fact, if they all 10 come out initially, actually the implication is we actually sort of, we're not boycotting you, but we're sort of holding your feet to the fact you better do something about this. Or like the implication to me is maybe they leave LCK. Like that's surely on the table after you've publicly sort of dissed the league in a way. <laughs> And, and and you and you have to you have to look at this too and say who are the teams that have been involved? Some of these teams like T1 and KT have been involved in esports for 20 years across different games. And I have never seen them. I never saw them make oh, these kind of like statements that. in Brood War. Um, you know, for StarCraft, when they were still paying a lot of money, um, they were happy with the results. And it, it took really until like Brood War dying. Uh, for them to kind of finally give up on it. So, you know, this is this is very serious. And it it's about the legacy of esports in Korea because these many of these sponsors have been the most stable sponsors for decades in Korea. And them walking out, they're not easily replaced, right? Um, they're not easily replaced. Like Samsung hasn't come back since they sold their slot to Gen G. Um and they they were replaced by Gen G, and I love Gen G as an org, but Gen G is not a company that makes hundreds of billions of dollars a year like Samsung is, right? Um, so, you know, this is it's it's very huge um, that this is going on, and I expect like this isn't going to be something I think Riot can easily sweep under the rug. It's very easy for them to ignore team owners in the West. Uh, because Riot's very good at pitting them against each other and because they know that, you know, they have a lot of power in that situation. And ultimately, Thorin, they know that the teams, because they are funded by venture capital and they're independent entities, are very dependent on Riot. Like, they need the value of that franchise slot. Whereas, like, you think you think SK Telecom actually gives a shit? You think KT gives a shit? By the way, I'll give you one. Here's here's an angle. There's two things to say here. One, I also think this is way more significant because this is the region where, for example, I mean, I know T1 apparently didn't want to be in this letter. Although, by the way, remember, this is the thing I want people to understand. As soon as that tweet is deleted, then someone else, even on the Western side, sort of makes it imply maybe he doesn't agree and that just doesn't represent T1. That actually implies maybe T1 is part of the letter. Maybe it is just all 10 teams. So I wouldn't let that part, the Joe Marsh drama, right. distract it. It seems like essentially he wants to delete that and make it happen like i imagine yes. a lot of things in his career but <laughs> if we look at the idea that all these 10 teams want to leave well one team one is the team that just won worlds guys if it's not a great system how it works and they're about to get world skin money etc that's pretty worrying they should be the model citizen that shows you how awesome it is you probably know this monty back in the day when there were tournaments that used to be mega scuffed and run till like two in the morning or have admin problems the one player who famously would never complain is the one who won the fucking tournament because obviously he has reasons to be biased and go now nah, it was all right you know and in the end we did get the game because he wants it to be legit so if t1 wins fucking worlds and then they might also be like this doesn't work that's a big problem guys they've just won the biggest prize and then i'll just trade this in as well quite frankly monty everyone will hate this angle especially because carmen cop shit as we talked about lec but i'll tell you what monty when i saw that off-season tournament thing where it was like carmen corp against t1 that first thing i thought was 
bro, this is why that super team was going to be attempted in football. Because why the fuck would you waste your time playing in leagues against nobodies if essentially, like, using, like, boxing terminology, you're always the A side of the card. You're always bringing all the fans to the game. When I watched that game, Monty, remember, at the time, Carmine Cobb was still an ERL team and T1 were the fucking world champions. Nobody <laughs> should be watching that match. That should have zero interest whatsoever, Monty. It had mad, like, fans in the stadium, people on stream. It was even hyped, like, you know, my first thought if I'm T1 there is, why do I need LCK actually? Wait a minute. Wouldn't actually, like for me, T1, I could go and do show matches in China. I could go do show matches in America with Team Liquid and Cloud9. I could go do show matches in Europe with G2. And like, wait a minute, mate. Like, right, you actually do need to make your offer better, mate, especially if we're bleeding money because there's actually other ways we can do this where it has its own way of working, but not in your circuit. So I do think it's obvious to me you can't just keep doing things the way they were before. Like... I mean, this I agree with you. It's momentous that these teams have all come together. It's not even like they, it's not even think about this, guys. Another way you could have done this if it was just about the info getting out there that ACK is broken. You could have just had a journalist write, you know, sources close to some teams say they're concerned about the operation of it. No, no, they've themselves put their name on a fucking letter and published it. And as Monty says, in Korea, that is a massive deal. You do not ever disrespect your business partners, by the way. Yeah, like that, that'll be the death sentence in Korea. Yeah. This implies to me, like I say, because I'm, I'm with you, these companies are way bigger collectively, especially. Especially. This implies to me this letter's basically telling Riot, like, get your shit together or there might not be LCK anymore. Well, That's because, what it says to me. I mean, Arnold, you know, and Genji didn't chime in on this one. I mean, why would they? Because, like, the big boys are, are saying things now. Like, you don't, you don't have to pile on sure. it, that, I don't think. Um, but Arnold has been publicly complaining about this for years. He's, he's been, been doing a soft version of it, yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, he's been saying, like, the, the economics don't work. Here are some yeah. ideas. And the economics don't work, guys. Like, they don't work. Uh, the teams don't get cuts of skin sales in spite of selling the skins. And by the way, Thorin, I think this is also why Joe Marsh said what he did. I think you hit the nail on the head. Joe Marsh is waiting for those world skins to come in. That is millions and millions of dollars okay. in T1's pocket once they release those world skins. And here's another here's another prediction I have for you, Thorin. You know how they announced that Hall of Legends thing? Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean for the players? Yeah. They will have Faker be the first inductee okay? because even though it's silly to have a a Hall of Legends where you have an active player, like a Hall oh, of, of Fame where you have an active player. Yeah. But the reason why they will do this, Thorin, is because they want to make an epic Faker skin, an Ari skin, because Faker's already teased that the Ari skin might be coming next year. By the way, I will say, I'll, you know what? Even though normally, Monty, that is actually risable because think about this, guys. He hadn't won Worlds since 2016. Like Nobody can predict they'll win again. But I will say, <laughs> if you've won four times, then you're like, actually, you know what? I'll do the Aries kid next time. That is pretty Chad. I can't so, lie. That, is pretty, that was pretty baller. I can't lie. It was, but I, I think what this actually means <laughs> is that he knows he's getting inducted into the oh, Hall of Legends. He's getting double dipped. Right, okay. And he's going to get the Ari skin. And why they will do this, If you made, like, a Hall of Fame edition Ari skin, I feel like that is surely, like, that's like you'd print money at that point in time, surely. So I'm sure T1 wants that money. And here's the reason why I think they will do it before Faker retires, Thorne. Because oh, here's another prediction. I predict when that skin comes out magically, Ari will get buffed. That's just, just, <laughs> listen, one of those crazy conspiracy things, I feel like it'll get buffed. One, who knows, right? So... <laughs> So when we when we talk about this, why Riot will do this, why they will allow players to be in before they retire is because it's a business decision. They will sell more skins 
if Faker is still an active player. Because think about it this oh. way. If we wait till Faker retires and then his Ari skin comes out, I don't know, a year later, the people who watched Faker are all going to, you know, they'll go buy that skin. But if Faker's not actively playing, then kind of the memory goes away. New players no, may not true. have ever watched yeah. Faker. So you want to strike while the iron is hot yeah, and yeah, while yeah. he's still playing. Objectively, from a business sense, I am 1,000% yeah. confident you will sell more of these skins, which is exactly why Riot will not wait until Faker retires to release this Ari skin. That's my prediction, guys. Book it. And this is why Joe Marsh doesn't want T1 on this letter because he knows he's got his world championship skins coming. He's got these the fucking faker mega skin coming. And this is all money that's going to go to T1 because T1 isn't going to be mad about the business because the only way to make the esports business work in League of Legends is to win worlds, guys, because that is the only time you get a cut of the skins. That's the only time. So, of course, the business model is working for T1. <laughs> no wonder he didn't want to be part of this letter. Like, it, it's so In that case, the joke is, it is even better as an analogy to Doublelift. Because the real reason, guys, spoiler, why Doublelift didn't care about the walkout, is he gets paid a fucking king's ransom. He wants the leak to happen so he can get his money. Like, he might have pretended he cared about NS. He didn't really. He cared mainly about himself. So, in the same way, the joke is, like, the main person you'd need for the actual community action, if they actually benefit themselves, they obviously have a conflict of interest or they saw they have a reason to potentially actually go against you like this and the joke about this is even though he's deleted it he has already publicly at least in the west undercut the message because now he's like plant the seed yeah. of doubt whereas you were supposed to believe they were all in unison and it was just a collective action weren't you yeah and, and also oh, guys well. yes it's true that all of the teams in lck's do get a cut of the skin revenue but guess who gets most of it come on use your brains like T1's going to get the, the you know a lion's share cut of this this skin revenue, and the players get some too. I, I know this from talking to players. Um, the players do get some of this. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, and this is this this whole the same story is playing out absolutely everywhere in esports right now, and especially within League of Legends. Um, but the thing is, is that all of the teams in the West don't have the leverage that the LCK teams do to write this letter. Because, like I said, th the companies that exist in Western League of Legends need the value of the franchise slots to justify the valuation yeah. of their organization. Th yeah. They need this. So they are not going to do anything that jeopardizes this because even if they're not m making money, they don't want to lose control of an asset or be kicked out or, like, boycott the league um, and potentially, you know, get it removed. So, uh, anyway... This is very interesting. It's going to I'm curious if this will ever pop up pu publicly again or if Riot's going to be able to kind of deal with this internally. But you should be aware that this is going on and that this is the canary in the coal mine of the esports yes. business failure. This is it. But by the way, you've just made me realize I did a tweet along these lines because you just made me think, wait a minute, you're right. If you don't have the slots, actually, the org's worth not much. So my, my tweet was, hey, at Forbes, can I get an update on TSM's valuation? Because TSM has nothing, guys. Like, how could the company actually be valued at anything at this point? They don't have League of Legends, Valorant, fucking Daughter. They, they have a shit CS team. That's about it. Like, they have nothing. Yeah, they, yep. have, they have fuck all. And by the way, that's also why you can't do it in the West, Monty. The joke is... 
instead of this happening in the West, people like TSM just left. Like the people like TSM would have been the number one cat people to do this. Like it would be TSM in America, G2 in the Europe and Cloud9 and Fnatic as well, of course, you know, but like these are the teams that would have to do it. And the joke is in the West, they don't have anywhere close to that leverage. So they did just exit the game instead. Like that was the alternative. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They're coming back. Oh, by the way, Thorne, here's here's a funny one for you. I don't I don't know if you know this. So Come a on. few months ago about TSM, um, there's a guy named Swee Generous who was like the the manager of TSM's. I guess he he was managing the the, the kind of acquisition of a new slot uh, for okay. uh, for TSM, and he posted. Uh, oh yeah, you know it takes time, guys, for these acquisitions to go through. You know, don't don't worry. Like we're working on getting a new slot for this TSM. Is this by like an LPL team or something when they claim <laughs> yeah, they're doing uh, that? Who knows, right? About? Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. a few months ago, he made a post and he was like, "Hey, you know, it takes time to like go through the financials and like you know get these okay. deals done." So basically, like I know it's been slow coming, but uh, you know we're still working on it. And then he quit TSM. <laughs> I'm going to guess, guys, it wasn't working out well for him. You know, like, that means he saw the writing on the wall. He said, I'll just get out now. I don't want to I, I, he went now. to he, yeah. he went to Razor, you know, the mouse and the hardware company. Um, so I just saw I just saw him like announce that he was on Razor. And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> you know, one thing I have always wondered about Monty, as much as I laugh at like leader and the shit she was up to, I just actually have to ask myself this. If Reggie used to intervene in stuff he thought he knew about with like esports that he didn't, like famously like tell divers, like, why don't you really build Merc treads on like a built chapter that's not even like AP or whatever? And then like or there'd be ones where he'd be saying, like, yeah, dodge Kai or whatever. Imagine if he actually really ran the whole company at that though, Monty. If he was trying to be like, you know, hands-on with everyone. So he's just coming in the finance department, like, what are you doing with that? Do the other one here. Like, I'd love to believe that like actually there were like decent people in the company, but he just fucked up all their jobs. But then at the end, it just looks like they fucked their job up and they have to leave the company. Because it feels like that. Like, like has anyone ever gone on to bigger things from TSM? It doesn't feel like it, right? It just dooms your career. It's over. Also, you know, the other thing that is sad, I will say, because you'll have seen this in CSGO, that in, well, CS2. In CS2, Nicola Nyhom of Astralis is back, right? Like like some fucking mad WWF. Oh my God, whose music is that? Nicola Nyhom's music. He's supposed to be out of the scene. Because if people don't know, someone else was like leading Astralis the last few years and he sort of took a back seat. The joke is though, when I saw him come back, it actually did make me sad, Monty, that there isn't going to be Reggie anymore. Like <laughs> as much as, you, like these people are objectively idiots, like bad in some ways for the scene, but at least they're characters. Like you can do something with the character of Reggie and Nicola and I on that you can't do with like faceless team that no one knows the CEO of that never tweets, never just anything public. You can't do anything with those. That's the tragedy of Joe Marsh deleting his Twitter. It is. It really is, isn't it? Like, I actually For wish us. he didn't, mate. Like, not a joke. Almost, even though you're all going to think the opposite, almost everyone who deleted their Twitter, it makes me sad. I want Nicola Point Jameson on Twitter. I want Foscorin on Twitter. I want Joe Marsh on Twitter. I want all these motherfuckers on Twitter. It was the shit. Are you talking about the general free lols for us or like on a regular basis for no reason? Just gave us free laughs. Like this tweet, when I saw that tweet, I was like, perfect. This is incredible. Why have you tweeted this? Oh, you've now deleted it. Brilliant. Even better. Like that's that's like, I wake up in the morning, you can't even believe that's happened. It's just a free gift from the world. And it? it's just humor. <laughs> and it just makes me think that thing where it's like, you know, one thing I have always thought they did a pretty good job with in Lord of the Rings is you'll notice even when evil seems overwhelming, when you sort of look in isolation it's always mega incompetent it's all fucking idiots like this just fucking up their own shit so it's like that's what also gives you hope is that like the bastards always are fucking semi-incompetent like this mate they just trip over themselves and fuck everything up so yeah 
There you go. <laughs> Too good. All right. You want to talk about Carbine Corp now? Yeah. The do people it. have waited. Because <laughs> here's the thing, Monty. I'm just going to throw this out there at the beginning to mad trigger everyone before we start, which is, to be fair, you all did say last week that it was Carmine Cop and Vitality with pure trash would never win again. Now, Vitality turned it completely around against the bad schedule and just won all the games. So, But here's the key point. I'll actually admit myself. There is no reason Carmine Cop will ever beat anyone in the LEC. And the reason why I say that is this, Monty, because they do still have that weird thing like Vitality, where for the first 15 minutes, they will inexplicably be in a game or have kills or have like, you know, looking like they have a slight gold advantage or it's even. But beyond that point, right, normally, Monty, for a team to get to that point implies a level of competence. That means like eventually you'll even trip over and win a few games. Somehow from that point onwards, they become a different team that is extremely extremely good at never winning the game like from that point they essentially make every wrong decision it feels like like every team fight is garbage they never have any coordination they're clearly by the way the shot calling doesn't even exist as far as i can tell and i'll just throw this in as the last one the worst one of all was everyone was saying right oh hopefully sacking like does what like mate that guy is just perma-choking. It's just obvious, mate. Like, it's not that he's bad. He is just perma-choking, I'm telling you. Like, this guy looks yeah. like he could never pull the trigger. He's just constantly like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And as a result, it, it's like there's nothing in the game. Like, we can flame paint. We can get him all aspects. Like, everything has collapsed right now. It's like the joke is the only thing we're standing is, Cam is fucking Yamato Cannon on Twitter. And everyone's <laughs> trying to break down the last siege wall. Aren't they? Like, he's trying to get break his metal as well. So there's nothing left of this team. It's fucking sad. And it's stupid because there's so much time left, Monty. Here's the saddest part about it all. If I could go into that room, I would tell them, it's just the first split. You can even turn it around. Like, you still got good players. Surely there's a band-aid. But the problem is, though, the other, the last aspect I'll add is, psychologically, they also look broken. They also yeah. don't look like they believe what I'm... I'd have to be, like, rousing them. They don't believe what, I'm, what I would say in that sense, I don't feel like. I, I mean, the thing, too, is that I think the drafts have actually been quite good. Um, so I think bad, Yama yeah. Yamato has actually been, in my opinion, setting them up for success a lot of the time, but they haven't been able to, I mean, there have been some, like, I wasn't a big fan of the Malphite pick in the G2 game, but you know, it's kind sure. of, Kamishard also played it really badly. To um, me, by the way, that looks like he, if I had to guess, that looks like Kamishard asked for that though. You know what I mean? I don't know. That, does, does Yamato kind of read draft that for someone who doesn't want it? It feels like you say like, give me the Malphite here or something, you know, even though it's a bad choice if so. <laughs> I, to me, Thorin, this it, it has been amazing watching these games uh, because I don't know if I've ever seen a team that looks like it is communicating less than this one. Like, they seem incapable of communicating even basic ideas to each other. And if you want a good laugh at this, go check out the Mad Lions game. Because Bo, there's literally a ward and they see El Yoya wrapping in from behind. And oh, Bo has criminal, set yeah. a trap for him in the tri brush. And his lane has push. And they could collapse on El Yoya, who they know is about to walk into this bush. And yet, upset is not part of this play at all. And so it completely fucks up. And you just wonder how they could have this information, lay a trap, and then not everybody is actually on the same page with like yep. a good like 10 seconds of warning that this is what's going to happen. And it's not even rocket science. Like, you're playing Caitlyn Ash. You're going to be pushed up. It makes sense that the enemy jungler will be coming in through Tribrush behind you. So let's wait here and then kill him. And that's not what ends up happening. So 
part of it is that it seems like nobody knows what anyone else is doing or what, you know, who's going in. Because, like, Bo will go in sometimes, and I agree with his take that he should go in, but then there's no follow-up, and it's just completely baffling. And that's, oh, man, before- that's one thing I can't handle. We can get into some of the problems Bo has. He does clearly have issues in LEC oh, games, yeah. which is him and Vitality. But here's the one thing I can't handle, Monty, is this is where casuals show their casuals. This motherfucker is getting sold up the river constantly. Yes. Like, the way he is going in, Monty, if I had... Remember, he comes from the LPL. If this is an LPL team, he is doing some fucking great fucking jungle engages and diving on the back line. But like you're saying, it's like it's like the problem is he's trying to play out the LPL, Monty. He just doesn't know he's in like a fucking silver game on EU West and everyone backs out and just leaves him to look like a dickhead getting his head smashed yes. in. Like some of these ones that he does, like I, mate, the joke is if you're, if you are upset and you had peel, you dream of a jungler like that who goes all the way in and then you just kill everyone. But the, like you're saying, when he does that, they just walk out and he looks like an idiot and dies. It's, it's really sad. It's so tragic because everyone's saying this thing now, Monty, that I can't handle. They're doing this thing of like, he should just play like more like a normal jungler and more, pa- then why do we have him? We yeah, got exactly. this guy because he's a stud so that he can be the best player and we'll play around him. We didn't get him to just be like Joe Average LEC jungler. We could just get someone from the RLs. Like, I think that's one part I can't handle because we could certainly talk about like, for example, Bo makes bad decisions himself and sometimes sure. doesn't group and properly. And he gets tilted, so, clearly. But, but that part, I will never blame him for me. That is exactly what he, the doctor ordered. That is what he is supposed to do if you're going to have him in this team, in yes. my opinion. You, you need to go in when he goes in because in my opinion, oftentimes his instincts are right. And the thing is, now the, the downside to Bo is that when things start to go badly, and we saw this with Vitality too, he his mental is weak and he is a oh, little he shitter. Completely. He Definitely is a little does. shitter. <laughs> and he does quit. And but but the thing about Bo quitting is that he just ints. <laughs> okay. So we're at the point now where like he's just kind of inting. Um and it's depressing to see. So, yeah, he has had bad moments. I'm not trying to say he's a, he's been the perfect player, but he also has no backup. And let's consider his teammates right now. Saken just looks like he's choking half the time and is scared to play the game of League of Legends. Uh, we have Targamas, who has been just terrible. Oh, like, criminal. Just terrible. Yeah. We have Cabochard, who has been just terrible. Like, yep. really, really just awful. Like these guys are playing awful at an individual level. And then you all then you have upset who as far as I can tell, if you had to if I had to diagnose this problem, I would ask the question, is upsets are upsets comms delayed by 5 seconds? So somebody says something and then upset gets that message 5 seconds later because he's constantly behind the play. And I don't know why that is. But he's never there when things are happening, even though he could be there. So I don't know if he can't understand what's going on. Um, You know, there's a lot of, like, language, you know, barriers on this team. But he is not trusting his teammates at all. And that is a big problem. No, I mean, the joke is that's what happened, if you remember, at the end of Vitality. When they when he first joined Vitality, they were pretty good. And then at the end, he just wouldn't even join the fight sometimes, man. Like he'd just be on a field and just walk backwards all the time and fuck this up out of here. Because at the end of the day, you get sick of just dying yourself as well. Like just spoiler, Reckless did this far for a decade, guys. So I guess just how you do it, it? Like, like as far as I can tell, as far as I can tell, when Bo gets tilted, what Bo does is he just runs it down. When, Goes in. Up, yeah. when upset gets tilted, he does what Gen Z yeah. calls quiet quitting. Where they, they just go. refuse to work. <laughs> like I think yeah. upset is actively quiet quitting right now. <laughs> yes. 
Like, I think it's, I think it's super funny because in the first couple of games, I thought upset was doing, fi- especially the first game. I thought he was doing fine. Um, but it's like right. the longer this goes on, the more upset just feels like he doesn't want to be involved in anything that his team is doing on the map. <laughs> and by the way, I'll just throw this out there. It's both a joke and analysis. Bear in mind how badly this has gone, Monty. It's obviously reminiscent of Excel last year where they had a big name team and then it went so badly you lost every game. The problem when it goes, you lose every game, guys, is someone will get replaced. Like, they're not just going to keep running the same roster back. So that's the worst thing when a super team fails like this, mate. If you just did, like, fail as in you don't win the league, you come, like, fifth, you get another split with the same players, you can figure... At this point in time, the joke would be if any of these players are having, you know, sort of, like, office anxiety can't get into the console well don't worry you'll be working from home soon you'll be fucking watching LEC like me and Monty receiving your paycheck thank you fucking Deutschland and you will just be watching the game like the rest of us while some ERL player plays in your spot because there's the other thing we have to think about now even though we're only two fucking weeks in is mate if they don't 3-0 this next week I think there's a world where they're going to replace someone for the next split. Like, someone has to fall on the sword, mate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who it'll be. And I'll tell you what, here's the other angle I'll just shade in right now and get ahead of it way before the drama starts, Monty. This is where that national approach is going to bite you in the fucking arse. Because notice the three players you pointed out have been really egregious, Monty. Are not only the Carmine Cop players from last year, they're all the French-speaking ones. Good luck kicking them. Good luck keeping a chance. Chinese and German guy in your French org and kicking two beloved players who've been in the org for years and won you championships at the lower level. And then a guy who everyone likes since I got like, it's going to be hard. It's not the same as just kicking people for performance, mate. So there's the worst thing about this as well. is not only are they in dire straits and they have to turn it around competitively. Mate, there are no right answers. Every answer just gets you flamed more. Like you can't kick a player, you'll get flamed. If you keep the player and he's bad, everyone will say, oh, you just keep him because he's French. If you fucking do nothing, then Yamato's going to get fired. Like, they're in such a bad spot now, it's crazy. And what's sad is, I know it is just 6B or 1s. So in terms of actual sample size, it really isn't the end of the world. You really can even, by the way, for real, it's happened. By the way, teams like DRX have done this. DRX won worlds after being, like, dodgy as fucking LCK. Like, <laughs> yeah, super bad. <laughs> but the problem here is, it's the format. In this split, you are basically done. Even yeah. a miracle week might not do it. So that's the real problem for you is like, you're going to have that like thinking period where you don't make it fast and there's so much time in this. But that's when I think, unfortunately, there might be like the sword of Damocles hanging over the team. And it's so sad because, I, mate, the worst thing about all these games where they're always in the game is just if they just won one or two, even if they played just as bad, like I say, there's a different scenario, mate. Then we've got like some wiggle room. Then you've got like some reasons to feel positive. Right now, I feel like like the pressure is just getting worse every loss as well. Like if they keep losing as well, mate, this is going to be so, so fucking bad. Like at this point, maybe they set the record. Maybe they lose every game. <laughs> it's not impossible I, it's, anymore. It's I really mean, they not. look terrible. They look really yeah. bad. I, this is... This is maybe like the least coordinated professional team that I have seen in years. I, and Here's again, the thing. I know, you're, I know people are going to think this is Corpium Monty. I don't mind if they do. But my problem is this. It's like XL. When I look at the players, though, 
I did. This is why, unfortunately, even though I don't agree with it, I actually do understand why fans will focus on Yamato. Because even if you actually aren't the fan of Bo, etc., even if you think some of these players are overrated, when you look at those five players, it's not a team that wins zero games, though, is it, guys? Come on. No. Like, we're in a league where Mad Lions is like half half wins, half losses. Like, this, this is a team that at least should be mid-table. So I have to say, the other problem I have is I can't just write it off like just a bad team. They're all fundamentally bad players. No, no. Like, something's gone really wrong here. There should be a way to sol- salvage this in my opinion you can't there should be a way I don't know whether it's like a super band-aid very cynical drafts maybe it is bringing one ERL player for a specific position by the way I've got to say right now Monty people are going to hate this but if I actually did have to swap one player because my problem is I don't think they will swap mid lane I think that's just the one that they're not even going to consider mid lane would be the obvious one just bring in a competently mage player but if you can't the obvious one is Targ Armas in my opinion I know sure. people are going to go but, but like criminal camera no no the worst thing there. about Targ Armas was this guy's he would do very specific support picks that he would then never use the kit of. It was mental. Like, what's the point in an Ash that never hits an arrow? What's the point in some of these picks? Like, he just has picks where he actually just does nothing. And I feel like that little bit, this is where support will always be invisible. The joke is, when Carrier does in play, insane support play in a team fight, you don't see him doing it. You see all the carries that he enables who then carry the fight. So the real problem here is when Tagabas has these games where he does nothing, I feel like they don't even have a chance when they get to the team fight, mate. I've just seen him just, I've seen him start. And then also, you're right, Upset definitely is doing some mad shit where it's like, he's like being paid by the auto attack, like fucking hell. Like, what's going on? Oh, but maybe he's paid by like, how few he does. He just like three auto attacks or something that fucks off all the fight. And he's what, what the hell is this? I, 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 think, I think he's trying to maximize the amount he gets paid per auto attack, Thorin. Oh, there you go. Oh, he's trying to make it like, got, yeah, got, like 10k for that auto attack, right? There you go. Okay. That's what you mean, right? Edit the wrong way around. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's basically an analogy. You'll know this one from Jodorowsky's June, where he was going to get. Salvador Dali, but because Dali wanted to be the highest paid actor in the world, he had to agree he'd only use him for 10 minutes because then he could pay him $100,000 a minute. So, like, the joke is he would keep him right. for 10 minutes. That must be how upset operates in Carmen Cop, I guess. <laughs> but what a, what a dream wreck. For your mother as well, mate, because yeah. the worst thing is, like, because they're not even giving him one win. He's got nothing to work with. Like, he's already done, by the way. By the way, he has been flawless with his PR game so far. He's like, accept the responsibility. He's yeah. promised, like, we're going to turn it around. But the problem is, they're just not giving him anything. All he needs is one fucking fluke win, even. And he has some, you know, to build off. Whereas right now, like, he's in the depth of a 0 6 hole. Like, this is this fucking dark, boys. This is dark. <laughs> I mean, I just can't believe that they lost to Vitality, especially in that, that game, criminal, because yeah. it just felt like they had all the tools they needed to succeed, and then they still managed to choke it away, and, like, Cabochard's rumble ults were terrible, Targamas's rel play was terrible. <laughs> the whole thing is just too funny. Um, it is very entertaining. I mean, the whole thing is extremely entertaining. Um, and I, oh, I, I can't lie, Monty. One part about this that does give me a little bit of that delicious schadenfreude is it is those annoying ass Carmine Cop fans who are just taking <laughs> a plate of shit to the face every week they come along remember they get up in the morning putting on their blue jersey you know get to the get to the LEC we're going to do that wall thing aren't we we're going to do the wall aren't we and then in the end you know what all in all you're just another brick in the wall, you fucking mark. You've been wrecked again, haven't you? Even though the joke is I'm sporting them too, but in this case, I do sort of love when fanbases get mega wrecked like that. Like TSM fans, you know, some people just have to take it. You have to take it. I just wonder what you do if you're Yamato at this point in time, because now your back's against the wall. Potentially there are untouchable players with on the team that exactly. are the worst yeah. players on the team. Yep. 
I mean, I, it's it's honestly shocking to me because I hadn't seen Cabochard since the last time he was in the LEC because I don't watch the ERLs. And to see him in this form is depressing. Well, something's happened to that guy, mate. I have no idea what it is because he's just bad. Whereas, like I say, like Saka just doesn't pull the trigger. He's just bad. I don't get it, mate. He was good in the RLs when I saw him. He looks like a good player again. He really did look like he deserved to be back in LEC. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Yeah, something weird is definitely happening. Um, maybe he just knows he's untouchable and doesn't care. Uh, I think, especially the also, players... Also, now I'm pissed off because you know what really annoys me, guys? Is I've learned my lesson now. Now I'm going to have to support a third team that Ball's definitely going to win the LEC and MVP with when he moves to that team. This is getting really annoying for me. I wish you guys in the LEC would learn your lesson so that I don't ever have to and I can just double down a third time because I absolutely... No, whatever. I might have to give up on him soon, mate. I'm, here's the thing. I haven't quite yet because I still hold out the dream that like he can turn around, but... This next week will probably break me. This, will, this might be the end. There's no way. There, there's no time. way they're getting the fire back. Like they, they are just me, they are mental boom, dude. It's not. They're not going to come back. <laughs> and I'll just throw this in there as well. I think this is an angle people won't think of, Monty. But I'll just put it out there. This is also where the, you know there's another component of team building that I had to learn, which is like the social component can actually kill a team too. Think about this team, Monty. So we have two solo laners who are French. By the way, if you don't know French people, a lot of people might know they can be a bit whiny sometimes. Some of my friends who are French, I'd say that about, believe it or not, it's just one of those things that comes to the territory, you know, that's how they're going to be. They can be a bit whiny, a little bit sulky, you know, like that. So you got them. And also, like Monty says, they're the franchise players, by the way, probably untouchable if they want to be. So you can't remove them. That's brilliant. That's like someone having, that's like your boss having a couple of spoiled kids who work in the office. They're shit at their job, but they can't ever be fired. And then we have a star performer in the office though, Monty. We've got one of the best office workers of all time. He's German, of course. So he's a sour ass fucking cunt. And the second he gets upset, he's going to be pouting, just stay silent in the corner, just writing letters. So, Mama, do you not believe what the f You get what's going on there. So the French, as usual, Paul is literally fucking Chinese and is now two mega field. Well, yeah, he's only had one and a half chances, but this has gone really badly twice. And he's been completely sold up the river by about two totally different groups of Europeans again and again. <laughs> while his coach promises him, no, no, Bo, it's good. Just keep going in, Bo. We will, we can, you can trust us, Bo. You you can trust us. We wouldn't lie to you like the other ones. And then he goes in, gets completely sold up the river again. And then after all, you've got Targama sat there like, I am not quite French, but I am sort of French. They're like, that's good enough. And then he's just also had that shit. You're an XL. Like, mate, the joke is Yamato must just have to be. He would have to be like so overwhelmingly positive. It would just like transform the consciousness of all of them instantaneously by aggregate. Like, how would he ever win this group over? Like, where's the, by the way, this is why also unironically they should have signed Niski because where is the fucking leader? Where's the positivity? Yeah. If people don't know, upset style of leadership is just I play really awesome and I do it by example. He's not a vocal guy like that. He's not telling, he's not patting someone on the back. It's not even his style. Like I actually think the other aspect you got in this team is it's only Yamato, mate. He's the only person who's got like a <laughs> fucking personality you could bring this around and he's just the coach. It's just the coach, guys. But Bo Bo's life is actually the oh, Charlie hell. Brown. It's actually the Charlie Brown football meme where yes, <laughs> the rest of the European players are just Lucy holding the football and telling him to send it one more time. Oh yeah, yeah. go really fast. You're definitely gonna kick it really far this time, Bo. <laughs> just two teams in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's metal in it. I know. It's so good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Trimby just sitting on the bench, by the way, while Targamas is in the league. Cool. Imagine, oh yeah, by the way, imagine being Trimby every week coming in. Oh, well, 
let me just get paid to analyze why these guys are about a hundred times worse than me. Give me a break. <laughs> this guy, let me in the game, coach. Can I play? I believe where you are aware. Like I'm, I'm on a fucking free too. You just sign me now for nothing. Literally, if you throw a penny my way, like fucking the witches, fucking whatever the bad guy was, I'll just pop in and play the game. You can't like, nah. We're just gonna stick with Targamas. He's sort of French. <laughs> Toss a going to your Trimby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to talk about? It? I mean, I think we've hit on a lot of the LEC stuff in uh, in previous weeks, so maybe, Wait, maybe we... the last joke of all goes at like this, Monty. Do you know why? In every single build, no matter the champion, Targamas always takes futures market. Because that's the only sense in which he has a future in League of Legends, whatever. It, was, it wasn't the best work, but it was, you can say, there's something there. We'll workshop it, okay? That'll be better on Best Down League Show, guys. I'll bring, I'll bring it back. I'll, I'll reflame it. See, see on Best Down League Show for that one. It's all good. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, I think we'll, we'll hold off on the rest right now. We can talk about, we can talk about a lot more LEC next week or on Best Down yeah. League Show. Um, just because that's when we're going to end the first kind of phase of the winter season and we can start talking about the uh, the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it, it's been fun. It's been fun so far, but the Carbine Corp is really the most relevant information that everybody is dying to talk about right now. Oh, and by the way, just as an aside, if someone watched the LEC section, I'll get into it on Best Damn League Show, but I will also just say, shout out to everyone who's a player or coach at BDS. You fucking killed it so far. I had no expectations of that. You've killed the game. Fair play. Just a, just a genuine piece of praise. There you go. There's your flowers. Because I will piss on them the second you lose. So it's all, it's all good. And if you lose, by the way, especially later on, I will just go, I was right all along, but that's just that's just the best styles. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, guys. The soundboard's always there. Right, what do you want to pivot to then? What do you want to talk about now? I mean, we had opening week of the LCS with all the promised changes, Thorin. You know, yeah. lower downtime, um, you know, uh, being on the live patch. And... Uh, and uh, do you do you know what happened to the viewership? Was it still just non-existent by any chance? <laughs> it Come went on. down. Oh, <laughs> uh, big shout out, by the way, uh, to ES Charts, uh, who continues to keep track of this. And not only do they keep track of this, they actively write articles telling you exactly what you need to know right. about the viewership year to year. And they make very helpful infographics, which um, is fun for me, but it's not fun for the LCS. So by the way, so LCS spring 2024 to spring 2023. So these are, you know, week one statistics. Now, obviously, guys, we expect hours watch to go down because there's one fewer match per day because there are two fewer teams. So it would be disingenuous only to look at the hours watched um, because unless they had a large increase in viewership, then that was basically guaranteed to go down. So they did. Also, have... I will give them, one, I'll give them one piece of, I'll give them one lifeline, Monty, which is technically, you know, back in the day, the NA broadcast used to piggyback on the EU one. Well, now the EU one actually eats the lunch of the first games because everyone knows in EU, we actually have, we love Kit Kat so much. We have about seven breaks before we fucking. <laughs> Mate, I love it. That's one thing that's mental right there. What, but if we're all going to every year give Riot Games Publisher of the Year, could the game fucking vaguely work? Like, 
This is mad unacceptable. Like, I'm from Counter-Strike, guys. Mistake, you know, bugs happen, technical problems happen. This happens to them every single day, month. It's mental. LCS too. It's absurd, isn't it? It's crazy how much it's going on now. Uh, Holy I, shit. I've been loving, loving doing bangers only on my stream, Thorn, because I just skip the 30-minute pauses every time right. and don't waste my life. Yes. <laughs> and that's why you should watch them with me, too, because you, too, cannot waste your life on 30-minute pauses. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... But here's the, the other side of this, Thorin, is that LCS wasn't getting the LEC raids. They weren't getting the hosts uh, oh, they on Twitch okay. last year, right? Because they moved to a different day. And now, uh, yes. Yes. you know, now there's a there's an opportunity to potentially to potentially do those oh. those those kind of things again, right? Um, and so what was interesting was that uh Which, so LC- again to people like travis and everyone in american league for doing that thing you did to me like you've done it every time for 10 years so when the league expanded with more teams that was an overwhelmingly good thing because x y and z when the league contracts well that's a good thing for reasons a b and c so what happens monty is when um viewership changes so that where it goes down on the weekends, then obviously we should move to weekdays. That'll make it go up. What's that? It's gone down again. We'll go back to weekends, you idiot. Now it's gone down again on weekends. Well, it's better than weekdays, wouldn't it? Like, I'm so sick of that. You are aware, America, the country, just saying things are awesome and positive isn't the same as, like, doing things tangibly that makes them awesome and obvious. I don't know if, like, optics has completely consumed your whole culture, but you actually can't just, like, go, this this is great. Basically, uh, 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 Travis Gafford just sits there after everything in NA and goes, this is fine. What are you doing? This is fine. Like, just garbage. Because everyone told me, Monty, that that was the change, that the weekdays would make this explode and go They said the data said that the viewership would go up on weekdays. It went down. I mean, maybe they were right because it went down on weekends now, right? Monty, I'm so sick and tired of this because we put the deck chairs in a flying V. We're still heading towards an iceberg. We make the deck chairs into sort of a, an opera arc. The, the iceberg's still fucking coming. And you're not going to believe this. We've removed half the chairs. What about the bloody iceberg, Monty? What's going on here, guys? Wait a minute. I know what. Let's get Mark Z to tell us what order to put the chairs in. Phew. Crisis averted. <laughs> what are so ridiculous, the LCS? That's that's why it's I said so that's why I said it's on our so other show that it doesn't matter what Mark Z does because it's a, it, the job of being commissioner is a poison chalice and it's in the death spiral that can't be stopped. And as he's drinking from the fucking poison chalice, Travis is like, "That should be me drinking from that. <laughs> that should be me dying a glorious death at Riot Sands. That was my death." So so let me let me tell you guys about the actual viewership. So. LCS Spring 2024 to Spring 2023, week one comparison. Um, now, there were higher peak viewership, Thorin, which is very interesting. Peak viewership on Cloud9 versus NRG was 191,000 compared to 178,000 for Cloud9 versus 100 That's Thieves what? a year previously. But, Thorin, but wait, there's more. Because esports charts is so helpful and astute when Come it on. comes to breaking this down. What context down. have they so I'm going to read this to you. They literally have, like, an information bubble that's separate, like, that's highlighted in the article to tell you why this is the case. Um, Hold on, let me, let me find it. Uh, so they have, it's, it's also crucial that, um, they added some co-streamers from different languages. So Bayano, the Brazilian streamer who streams in Portuguese now has LCS, uh, now has LCS co-streamer. Um, but 
here's did he just add 100k himself or something stupid? Is that the joke? So here we go. You ready? You ready? Watching North American teams games on Bayano's channel remained at 20 to 30k peak viewers. The situation occurred on January 21st when switching from one region to another. Brazilian viewers lingered a bit on Bayano's broadcast. As a result, by the time the match between Cloud9 and 100 Thieves began on his channel, there were 63,000 peak viewers. Although this number was reduced to 28,000 peak viewers by the end of the match. So, Even Brazilians were like, I'm not watching this shit. Turn it, off. <laughs> it is thanks to this lag that LCS Spring 2024 was, was able to achieve a good peak online viewership. So it is literally Bayano switching to LCS okay. actually halved his own stream's viewers and caused a spike at the very start of the broadcast that then dropped off. Also, yes. <laughs> they have a very so, they have a good guys, the point that the point there is the viewership that's being counted at the best point are actually people who actively didn't want to watch this match. I mean, the joke is I can give you Correct. an analogy. In Counter-Strike, there was once a time when we did the first E-League major where it briefly mega broke the record for viewers, Monty, but that's just because it ran slightly over. And when it went slightly over on TBS, it began like the next show, <laughs> and all the people who expected to watch that show for a second yes. tuned in. And so for like one minute we hit this crazy yes. spike, but it was sort of Fugazi, like we're saying here. Like we were even told probably like don't say too much about it. It's not like you know, like exactly it's the same scenario. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, you know, he dragged in a bunch of Portuguese-speaking League of Legends fans, um, who I guess were yes. watching CB LOL, and then he switched yeah, over to LCS, and then just they immediately fucked off. So, in reality, the. This technique could work, though, because logically, here's all you need to do, guys. You have to just lie and trick people into watching, and then you get the viewership. So here's an idea. You could say something like, guys, coming up in half an hour, I'll be doing, and then you say something like, for example, Doublelift Monty on his core stream could do um, a second face reveal. He could show his other face, the two-faced side, whatever. You get the joke. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Listen, I'm not, I'll never be appreciated in my time so, like a prophet in his own country. I understand. So I understand. We, we have to ignore the peak viewership because realistically, you know, we should remove 30,000 viewers from that. So it really should have been oh, a peak of about 160, which would have been 20,000 lower than 178,000. If you are a sponsor of the LCS, the 30,000 Brazilian people don't help you, mate. They're not no, buying they your products. I'm just, just going to put that out there. They're not buying your products, mate. Well, so it's all that's, good. That's the other problem, is that by adding by adding co-streamers yes. that are not in America, it doesn't help them sell advertisers at all. Like, yes. having a bunch of Portuguese-speaking Brazilians is not what... Uh, the advertisers that have signed on want, right? So it's yes. disingenuous, and these are meaningless numbers, effectively. Now, here we go, Thorin. The average viewer declined from 127,000 to 116,000. So we have a pretty substantial drop there. And hours watched, this is, you know, average viewers, it's actually fair to compare to, you know, to a certain degree. But the hours watched, 1.5 million last year, 1.08 million. This year, it should have gone down You'd expect it to, to decline by, what, 20% because there's one fewer match, right? But it, this is more than that, right? It's a pretty big decline uh, in hours watched. And here's a, here's a, here's a little nugget uh, from eSports charts. What's crucial to the league is that the number of average uh, – the num the, uh, sorry. What's crucial to the league is the, that the number uh, – average number of viewers has decreased by 9%. So the average viewers have decreased by 9% a direct indication that the league continues to lose its audience despite innovation from organizers and extended community casting, which now content creators includes content creators from other regions. This continuous decrease is particularly evident in the dynamics of English language broadcasts, 
as in the one the advertisers care about, the primary language in LCS. English broadcasts gathered 23% fewer viewers in the first week compared to a similar period in LCS Spring 2023. So what you should know, Thorin, is that had they not added non-English streamers, this would be an even oh, bigger decline. It would be even yes. worse by a lot. Like this thing. And by the way, I don't want to take away from the innovations that were made. Getting to the games faster. Great. Like truly. Like the, the, the broadcast, I looked through some of it. Um, it feels a lot better to watch. I like the direction they're taking the product. So like credit to Mark Z and the ideas that the producers have had. But this, it doesn't fucking matter when the numbers are decreasing at this rate, right? Oh, no, so, I mean, let's be real. The, the problem you have in here is doing like an, like even if they changed something for next week, but you made it their best week ever, that's not going to make people who've already chosen not to tune in, tune in. And it's definitely not going to make people who are just like other aspects stop tuning out. So yeah, the real problem is like, you're not going to turn it all around doing this. I mean, one one other thing this shows as well, by the way, is it's not as simple as just saying like, yeah, but what about like the teams in the league? Like in theory, this is a way better league. Like if we actually talk about the matches, the, the squads have like reformed very well. There's a very competitive yep. group of teams at the top. By the way, you've even got big star names like Jensen's back in fucking fly quest. Like it's actually, Whip there's up. all these positive markers. Like the joke yeah. is I'm actually looking forward to watching the season myself, yep. unlike last year, but that doesn't change. Like the problem I think people always miss with big trends, Monty, is macro trends aren't affected by tiny personal things like that. They're sort of like these giant forces that move through the market and the culture that are really hard to predict and sort of navigate. So the problem here is I feel like this is a compounding issue where people over the years just care less and less about LCS. Like, I don't know how you turn that around in a moment. Well, it seems hard we, at this point in time. We can just compare it for you guys because, again, helpfully at the bottom of this article, which I will link below in the YouTube video, ES Charts has done this for us. So. Right. Here you go. Here are the leagues that have started, uh, that have completed their first week. LCK, hours watched, 8.6 million. That, not including Chinese. Now, I know you guys are going to say, oh, there's no Chinese broadcast right now, but they're a bunch of Chinese co-streamers. Whatever, guys. Whatever. 8.6 million, LCK. LEC, 7.4 million. CB LOL, 1.9 million. LCS, 1.067. Wait a minute. LEC, seven times more. Yes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Dude, you remember this. I, I hope fans understand. One of the reasons why the EU broadcast also became like the fucking piggyback giver to the fucking LCS is because LCS was considered not only bigger, but it was always going to be bigger. Like the viewership was always way more important. Dude, the idea LEC seven times more. That is insane. Now they did that have mental. They did have an extra day of broadcast because they sure. do three days a week and they did have five games a day. But so it was 15 games compared to eight, but there's a seven, over seven times difference in terms of hours watched. Now, here we go. Peak viewership, LCK, 1.1 million. LEC, 740,000. CB Lull, 246,000. LCS, 191,000. It's the same again. It's almost the same ratio yep. breakdown. <laughs> Fucking hell. Average viewers, LCK, 325,000. LEC, 400,000. LEC has fewer matches than LCK, obviously, fewer games. Um, so they have, the, they have the highest, you know, non-Chinese average viewership. Uh, CB Lull, 157,000. LCS, 
114,000. All right, here's my joke, Monty. What you need to do is a lot of people think that it's unfair, Monty. You know how in the past it used to be Europeans complained that the business of esports is unfair? Because famously, if you are Steve Ahanset from Team Liquid, you can get like, you know, fucking Honda that sponsors all of America and you can get a giant budget. But famously, if you're SK in Germany, maybe you can only contact Honda Germany and you get a smaller budget. You know the way they used to complain like that? Well, they, now you can complain the opposite way, Monty, because now Americans can say, yeah, but the problem is... The regional scene means you can have a French-speaking caster who appeals to French people and who want to hear that more than English, so you get more yep. viewers there. Then you yep. get a Spanish one. Well, no, here's the thing, guys. You're wrong. You could do that in America. What you need to understand is both language and culture. So what you need is you need a hillbilly caster who's like, hey, <laughs> you need that guy. He'll do it. Then you need, like, a New York art whore who's just sort of like, ah, what the hell's going on here? Like, guys, what you, you into that guy? That's so last year or whatever. Like, then you need, like, the L.A. fucking, like, whatever like soccer mom who's with all like crystals and shit and she's like oh you know fucking I don't know about the way the country's going so essentially and then you need finally I want an Appalachian broadcast just really hard working people who don't say a lot carry a lot of trauma inside but you wouldn't want to fuck with them in a war would you so I think the regional broadcasts are there come riot hit me up I can tell you how to make this work lumberjacks in the northwest you think that's a market Oregon what's going on with Oregon people anyway that was pretty good it wasn't bad bad. yeah I mean look this is this is bad. This is very bad, and the blow will be, the the blow will be softened by the I'm fact. I'm giving this pretty good, mate. They're about to hit the iceberg. This is yeah. like how, how much longer can this keep going for? <laughs> yeah, and and again, it it doesn't I've matter. Got a question what... for you. Let me flip a question to you, Monty. Let me ask you this as if it was the Four Horsemen. But I want to ask you specifically, as somebody who's been around the North American Leggy Legacy a long time. If it's the case, if we tie together two pieces of info, you know the story earlier about Riot making loads of money from esports. If eventually, Monty, essentially, the shore, this, you know that famous saying that when the when the fucking tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. It sort of exposes who was full of shit, right? Here's the problem, Monty. At what point of reaching fuck all viewership? Does Riot have to actively do an Overwatch slash Valorant combined method and say, you know what? We actually need this league to run. So we're going to fuck the fees. We're going to pay you to be in the LCS. So if you're Cloud9, don't leave. Please stay. Here's a million. When, when does that happen? Do you think that happens? Surely eventually it has to be on the table. Like I said, they I shut think the you- entirely. What do you think? I think the only way to do this, like I said in the last show, is to do buyouts for the teams. But unfortunately, the, right. yeah, the buyouts are going to be super high. So you can actually combine like Brazil, LLA, you know, you could make VCT Americas, but for League of Legends. And then you switch to that partnership model, which right. is much, much better, by the too. way. Yeah. yeah, much, much better. But again, like I said last time, the problem with doing that is that as soon as the teams hear about a switch to the model, they're going to want to hold on to their slots because they want to oh, be part of a, a better yes. business ecosystem yes. they're like oh you're changing the business model well i would i too would like to be part of a better better business model so now it's going to yes. cost 30 million dollars instead of six which is what they paid to eg to, to to quietly fuck off right um eg and golden guardians so i i'm not sure that there is going to be you know the the cost of that is going to be astronomical so i think riot would probably just rather quiet quit on lcs and just not spend money or time on it um, rather than try and make that a reality because the the reality of doing that that would be much too expensive. Do you know the silliest thing about all this? Even though what I'm about to say, I will say, if you're a casual fan, understand no team or go likes what I'm about to say. They would not agree. I'm talking, if we look at the whole scene, 
Bear in mind at the moment, as long as these devs sit on the IP rights and are just gods within their games and can't be questioned or pushed back against and no one could do a league without them. The joke is the actual most efficient way for a league to run right now would literally be, Monty, that the league just owned the teams anyway. And instead, it's more like some look, they wouldn't want to do this. But you, instead, people like Jack and Steve do their same jobs now, but they just don't own the team. Like they get sponsorships for the team and they get paid and they GM the team and they field it with staff. So they do everything they're good at, but they don't have to worry about the finances because right now the finances is what doesn't make sense. And the only one who makes the money is Riot anyway. So the joke is that that even would, if you wanted the actual scene to be better, in theory be better. It's just obviously those team owners wouldn't say, yes, Darren, I want to give away all my ownership. And they obviously wouldn't get that. But I'm, actually, that is one of the only logical ways I think you could make the league run because they are obviously awesome at selling the sponsorships and doing the fucking player transfers. The problem is just at the moment, the spigot of money just, well, the joke is, you know the obvious angle, Monty. It, Riot's just doing the old trickle-down one, but they've done that like meme where it's like they've got so many glasses, it just never trickles down off the edge. It just goes into their next class. Like, essentially, they never get the trickle-down. They just take all the money themselves, don't they? That's the <laughs> yeah. problem. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's a bummer because I do think that legitimately a lot of the LCS changes are good. I think the content yeah. changes are good. I think the integration of the pro, the pro players into the broadcast more is good. I think the shortening the downtime between games has worked out oh, really sure. well. Um yes. Yeah, like, I, I don't have very many complaints about the product. And, like, the product was shit garbage a couple years ago when they, oh, especially was. during COVID, when they had that, like, that was the worst. Alienware dome. It was just cringe yep. as fuck. And it was terrible. Um, But it's gotten a lot better. And I, I, I have enjoyed what I've seen from it. But it yes. doesn't solve the systemic issues that they created year over year over year. You know, it doesn't solve the problem of... TSM not being in this league anymore because and the reason TSM left guys was because the business model sucked and if the business model sucked for the most popular team how could it possibly be good for anybody else riddle me that you know they were selling the most merch they were selling the you know they were selling the biggest sponsorships because they had the largest fan base and they just quit they just fucking quit they they quit slowly you know they tried for one big swing with like the sword art team it was a clown fiesta because it's TSM. Uh, and then from there, they just did budget rosters and then they just pieced <laughs> oh, yeah. the fuck out. Monty, imagine being Doublelift, who, no, sorry, Doublelift, Bjergsen, who, if people don't know, sort of got fucked in the worst possible way because what happened was he signed his big contract with TSM right before a bunch of the like inflation of the, uh, the orgs came in. So famously, when he signed his monster contract, it lasted like two or three years. But the point was, he wasn't close to the highest paid player in the league and people came in after who got like the millions each year, right? You sat there for years. By the way, winning championships for TSM, the main focal piece, getting paid like all right money, but not the best money. And then right at the end of the org, when you've left, they just take all the millions that right realistically could have been yours and just give them to two former Flash Wolves players and then let them just fuck off out the league completely. Like, <laughs> I served this team for years. And then last minute, two literal from the LMS just walk in and take your bags of money and just fuck off. Like, that's the ultimate iniquity of all. Bjergsen got absolutely wrecked by that org, mate. And after he'd done that bullshit coaching year too, what a shit end to an org as well. Like, because the worst thing is as well, because they had those last years, Monty, where they were like a bottom feeder, you don't even now, sadly, people's recency bias will kick in. They won't even remember TSM as a great org. This org used to like permanently be in the finals, guys. Like a bad split for them really was to make like playoffs and lose first round. Like this used to be the fucking NA org. Like the way they left is actually, it's such, it's with such a whimper instead of a bang as the old cliche goes. 
Well, although the joke is Reggie probably tried to pay bang the washed up AD carry <laughs> probably seven million dollars to play, but he just was like, oh, sorry, I can't be bothered playing. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the plus side of this, Thorin, is that if we get more companies like Shopify and the LCS, those are the companies that can actually hold Riot accountable for their garbage business practices. Oh, true. Yeah. True. You know, you Basically, need. Let's, you, get them. let's get Alibaba, <laughs> Dragons. Let's get them in the LEC. Um, uh, Apple. Let's get fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Apple. Here's an Microsoft. Start, here's a fun one for you. I'll notice people love to make fun of this about the LEC, but the one I wonder about is this, mate. What if the Saudis buy into LCS? There's spots available, <laughs> mate. They have money. They want to be in. What if they bought into LCS? That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Do you like I my meme I did the other day, by the way, where I took that meme of all those like fucking like globalist tech guys laughing, like, ah, you know, the one where it's like, you know, we told them we did it for this. I took yeah, that yeah, and yeah. then I put, because I thought it was a banger. I put, guys, they changed the region's name from Europe to EMEA, which stands for Europe, <laughs> Middle East, and Africa. And you thought they weren't going to do business with the Saudis. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're telling you we're going to have Middle Eastern and African or, teams or in the this Qataris shit, yeah. or the Emirates. Have I missed like some secret super duper African people who are going to invest in the league? Like, what are you talking about? It has to be them, of course. I know. So yeah, I think I think it it it'll be only a matter of time before we have we have a Saudi team at least in LEC. I would say at least in LEC. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, but clearly they changed their name for a reason, guys, and and that was the re reason. Oh, that, uh, that reminds me, we can reference something about that. So Richard did just publish, if you didn't oh say, God. guys, are you ready? Richard managed to somehow get, like, behind-the-scenes information showing that the Riot people internally, who were the LGBT, like, leader people and, like, on that side, were the ones arguing in favor of this deal. And are you ready for the maddest angle ever? They were using that copium I told you on a past episode where it was sort of like that if you do business with them, you like actually can influence them and it'll be like it. And they were even trying to argue some insane angle, Monty, along the lines of like, wasn't it something like that? Like this would even help gay people inside that country, which is like, because obviously All the right. whole point is they're the ones killing them. Like, but yeah, go on, read it up for me. Read it up. I'll, I'll, it's I'll link this. I'll, 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 it's on a sub stack. I'll link it below again with everything yes. else. We have a lot of links down there this week, guys, but you should look at this. It's so funny because Remember that the, the fundamental reason why Saudi Arabia is doing this is because they are trying to create public association with companies like Riot Games so that in people's mind, Saudi Arabia as an entity is normalized, right? Yes. So if anything, it works exactly the opposite direction whenever anybody partners with them because that's one fewer person who will call them out. And it's yep. one, you know, one fewer entity that will, in fact, uh, you know, just go ahead and make people think that everything they're doing is fine or that it can't be as bad as people say or that they are trying to change, which they yes. are not, by the way, very clearly not. So uh, in the he, Richard has some slack messages um, from the Rainbow Rioters group. Uh, you already know this is fire when that's what it's called. So get, get, hit me with which it. is which is say? like Riot has these internal communities, and I guess like sure. the LGBTQIA plus community is called Rainbow Rioters, and so some of these people, I, it's unclear whether they have 
I think they're just random employees who are like chiming in as part of the oh, Rainbow okay. Rioters group. I don't think it's somebody who's like in the esports department. But that's not the sense I get, uh, but maybe it is. Anyway, um, so <laughs> here are some responses. I'm going to read them. Hi, folks. I've been hawkishly following this thread. As a leader of Rainbow Rioters who has helped drive some of the project content we do for players, I wanted to offer some context. When we talk about pride content, there are enormous complexities when thinking about localization and publishing it when it comes to every single country that our game is played in. You can imagine the spreadsheets and local cultural input that is needed for such a project. Thorin, just imagine the spreadsheets. The pride spread the spreadsheets. spreadsheets. Is there like a tab on the spreadsheets where when it's like Korea, Iran, it's like, do not put anything here on the screen. Like, what is this spreadsheet? Here? Can I see this one? Yeah, keep going, keep going. Keep going. When I think about the countries where LGBTQ plus issues are hot topics, there's a gradient of how much we can help queer players in that country feel recognized. Sure, I would like it better if we could promote inclusivity and have all of our LGBTQ plus content on full display in every country equally. But that's not the way the world works. And consequently, we must find other ways to push the envelope. Oh, they're being so sneaky, Thor. They're pushing the envelope. In some countries... We get to release pride emotes, but under different localizations, such as Festival of Colors. In some countries, we choose different images for publishing articles. <laughs> I can't handle this. That only show queer characters hugging instead of kissing. We try to meet the country where their viewpoints are at, but pushing it forward by a few degrees. That way, we don't alienate players and also help LGBTQ plus players feel seen to the best of our ability. My understanding is that one key difference for how this event will be different than some past events that had cultural sensitivity concerns is that we will not accept content restrictions in our games. So I'm going to I have to provide context on this. Previously, in the very early days of League of Legends, there was an event, I believe, in Iran. And in Iran, they wouldn't let the players play any of the female champions. So that is what that line is referring to right there. So yes. they did run an event. And it was, we talked about it at the time. This was like, I don't know, maybe 2013 or something like that, 2014. It was hilarious when this happened. Sure. Um, the organizers or the country can't ban Cassante from being played in the tournament for any reason, including the fact that he's gay. The same goes for other content regarding female characters or other demographics. So imagine a team of champions that consists, imagine, if you will, Thorin, in your mind's eye, a team of champions that consists of Graves, Twisted Fate, Cassante, Diana and Leona, all champions with queer identities, all playable in this tournament, hosted in Saudi Arabia. This is one example of how we make a difference while meeting the country where you're at. Now, guys, I don't know what to tell you. This is clearly incredibly delusional. So first off, how does it help provide any kind of pushing the envelope if all of the representation that those characters are gay is not available in that country? So therefore, nobody knows when you play Cassandra. Oh, no, this is what's crazy, Monty. That Cassandra is gay? don't get it. This is a perfect example of using corporate speak to lie and say the opposite of what the impression you're giving it. So I'll run through those three for you, Monty. I'll do it really quick. So when they say, oh, we might not be allowed to do Pride Awards, but we do a festival of colors. So you expressly don't do Pride then. So in other words, you know, the concept of Pride is you're proud of your lifestyle. So you're going to tell everyone this is your lifestyle. Instead, you're going to secretly do that in a way that would only work if expressly it wasn't known that that was the meaning. So what you're saying is you're not 
what's going to represent that. So then yes. here's the second one. Similar kind of, you'll notice it's a similar little sort of fucking bait and switch, Monty. So then they go, we might not be able to show these characters kissing. So a rare, actual, overt example that would show that the characters were gay or had an alternative sexuality. Instead, we'll show them hugging, right? In none of these countries is hugging illegal. In fact, I'll give you one that might actually blow some of your minds. In Korea, a country which, by the way, is not an openly gay society, yep. the joke is it's actually part of straight culture to hold hands if you're men and yep. boys and even hug yep. sometimes there. It actually, so already Riot, again, is using your cultural expectations against you. Nobody in Iran or whatever will see two characters hugging and go, wow, there's gay shit in the game. And they'll just go, whatever, it doesn't even matter. So that's already fake. And then the last one is actually the most disgusting of all because you've nailed it, Monty. They phrased that, I will I will guarantee this as a speculation, but I just as a person, I think this. I am almost sure, Monty, they phrased that very carefully about like the in-game elements to sound like if you've heard that in other countries they don't say a character's gay or they take out the cutscenes in Overwatch, it sounds like they're saying they won't let that happen, which would be a big pushback, by the way. If you had events in like China and you showed this stuff, that would be fucking enormous. By the way, it might be a massive problem for you. But as you said, what it really means is we just won't let people not allow you to pick Cassante. We won't, by the way, actually flex the fact that his character's gay. And do you want... No, no, we won't do any of that. Of course not, you fool. Why would you do that? But we'll just let you pick him in the game. Even right. though that has not worked, Which... guys. In the game, it's not a single-player game. You're not encountering a story. He doesn't have, like, a voice line when he kills someone where it goes, I'm I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm proud of it. Deal with it. Like, he just, it's just a champion in the game. So what's mad about this whole thing is this. That'd be amazing, Someone actually. who claims to be in favour of all the LGBT stuff is telling you to your face, internally that if we just essentially hide all of the gay stuff and don't make it obvious then actually we're heroes are you ready who actually represent gay people in that country even though we are expressly doing business with the people oppressing them I'm it's actually fucking, really gross. I, I, like I, I agree, it's funny on one level, but it's also really fucking. Like behind it, there's like a there's a real dark cynicism. Yes. That's the that's the fucking devil in your ear, guys, telling you like just give in, just do what they say. Like that's fucking gross, mate. That's well, gross. that's internally messaged. Come on, yeah. boys. Well, I, I mean, this person is like gaslighting themselves, which is so yeah. fucking incredible, right? Because like your your point. It, it doesn't matter, like, if you know that something is a certain way, but the other person doesn't know that that thing is that thing. How does language work, okay? The purpose of it is to transmit ideas to other people. But if you if they don't know what yes. this object is, then they can't possibly... It's not pushing the envelope and sharing a message because the message is, is empty, right? Yes. You're seeing one thing through your perception and this person seeing another thing, but they, they can't see the whole picture because you are literally, you are actually preventing them from knowing the thing that you want them to know. So it doesn't do what you think it's going to do. And just straight up, the reason why we have posts like this, Thorin, is because these people are undergoing a fundamental mental conflict because they know that this is wildly illegal and punished by potentially death, okay, right, in Saudi Arabia. And so they are, these are people who are, who would be punished in this country were they open about their sexuality. But they have to cope with this factor because they know that the only way to justify, like to, to cause this conflict to resolve is to leave Riot Games. 
they must leave oh, the their cognitive job. Dissonance, yes. yes so the I cognitive agree. dissonance there means that yes. they must quit because Riot Games, their employer, is partnering with somebody who would do horrible things to them. Right. Yeah. And so in order to do this, you have to create some reason in your mind to satisfy that cognitive dissonance that isn't, well, I'm just going to quit my cushy job because I mean, this is this is appalling. Like it's an ethically appalling thing to do. Um, yes. And by the and way, so, before anyone gets into, because another thing people love to do is go and look up the letter of the law, Monty, and claim like, no, no, they've changed just now. They don't do that. No, here's the problem. The problem is what do you allow in your society? So I'll give you two examples. You know when it's been reported by people who've looked into the Saudi thing that they've shot people at the border? Do you imagine that that was a government decree written on a piece of paper? Like, we agree to kill someone. Else, but that was obviously never fucking marked down. They just did that and let it happen. So similarly, I'll just throw this out there. I saw something recently, which is very alarming, that apparently in some uh, Arab countries, including Saudi Arabia and apparently like Dubai and stuff, sometimes they'll do stuff like have a, someone from a totally different ethnicity, like African or something, as like the housekeeper. And they've done like insane stuff that you would think come from stories of like fucking like like Egyptian emperors and stuff, Monty and Pharaohs. Like they're doing stuff like just for laughs, knocking them out of windows and stuff and letting them just die. Like, again, do you think that's ever prosecuted? Of course it isn't. Essentially what we're talking about here is in this scenario, they'll probably just turn a blind eye. So even if they change, by the way, all the laws in the country all they'd have to do is just not arrest people who do certain things to these people. It's why I, it's why ages ago when I brought up that thing about LS and the Korean culture, everyone weren't mad at me, money because they were like, but officially this isn't true. And it's like, yeah, but the question is, what's the day-to-day -day life like? Like, they obviously just turn a blind eye or they tell you, just don't say your gear there. Yeah. Like, that's a soft version of it. In yep. in this country, like you're saying, there are very real consequences that can happen. And it's definitely not like, this is why I hate that whole take of like, ah, oh, it's all changing though and it's great now. Well, first of all, it hasn't changed enough. And secondly, it isn't good now. And then thirdly, why make that your angle? Like, the weirdest part about this is this. That's why I know that you're right about it. It has to be that the person's battling themselves as they say this. Yeah. Because the real angle, if you actually just want to take the money and do business, is ignore this angle. Just go, hey, we're just here to do esports, guys. We're just doing business. If you did that angle, it's way more effective. Instead, they're trying to simultaneously do business with Saudi Arabia, but also convince themselves it's not only okay, they are heroes for doing it. That's the craziest <laughs> angle. It shows how, at the end of the day, Monty, every individual does need to believe they're a but, good person you know? but, but this they is do. also this is part yeah. of the riot cult they have to believe that they're changing sure. the world in some way right and that this isn't just a cold business decision yes. about what they're going to do um here's another one there's another quote here so another person chimes in thank you for addressing this as a rainbow rioter not representing everybody obviously i think that our participation has net positive effect here it, it it can't. You are losing in this exchange. In this exchange of PR, you are fucking losing. Let's be clear. We have a large community in MENA region. So it's Middle East, North Africa. That's what that means, which includes LGBT, LGBTQIA plus individuals and women. We know for a fact that not all players feel safe enough to come out in certain countries. We have those in EMEA as well. And they are engaging with our games and even playing professionally. By participating in the events in the region, we can promote our values indirectly and show support to all the players, including those from underrepresented groups. We also have an opportunity to have positive impact on the gaming community as a whole, especially if we work around the messaging, why we participate, etc., to address any concerns. Players always appreciate when we are being transparent and honest as much as we can. Always happy to, ch uh, to chat about any concerns or if any help with positioning is needed from the regional point of view. And if you folks find it helpful, heart emoji. Like, 
that, you know that's part so creepy because that almost yeah. implies, by the way, if you're going to be like persecuted for being gay, just contact a rioter. How fucking out of pocket! You've got a team on how you daft cunt. You can't actually do anything. What are you talking about? And, and what like, a mad statement that is at the end. There. I mean, what? just 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 think about it. Just think about this logically. So you are a fucking video game company, and your idea here is that if you allow people in Saudi Arabia to play your video game and see characters that they don't know are gay within that game, that somehow you're going to indirectly promote your values. And let's, let's pretend you did that for a second. Explain to me how this results in a changing of laws in Saudi Arabia from the governing king. Like, explain to me how this actually changes anything, because I can explain very clearly to you why you working with them makes their crimes less bad to the general public I've of got an angle for the you, liberal Monty. world. Here's another part that these people are making a mistake on. I made this point in a past episode. They're acting. Look, I'm going to now pretend that I accept the premise, Monty, that countries like America are a constitutional democracy sort of slash republic <laughs> and that voting's real and elections matter. But if we accept that premise, you know, that, that bullshit sugar pill we all pretend is real. So if we pretend that's real, at least in America, on some level, you could claim that if you cause a cultural change, it could also yes. change the leadership, right? It could change who they vote for. In a system that is essentially autocratic, Monty, it's, it's from the top down with literal royalty being... Being the ones that rule the country, even if you did this for these people, how would it ever affect the guy at the top? And then are you ready for the punchline? You're doing the deal with the guy at the top. And he is telling you, in exchange for this deal, you will not do any of these things. And you're going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full, sir. Thank you for the Saudi money. So the joke is, you're not only not changing anything, you're definitely not because you're working with the guy who autocratically from the top down enforces all the culture in their society. Well, like the real joke is, even if every Saudi citizen agrees with riot it wouldn't matter if the fucking top-down people said no well and, and you're working with those people and even if you did change the culture like it doesn't change the laws that make it no, illegal exactly. to do yes. any of these things or to be this way yes. right so you can't you could i guess know more but you couldn't actually engage in any kind of behavioral change or societal change because society still says you can't do it and that it's very illegal to do these things yes. so i think what's so hilarious about this is that in oh, my mind way, one last thing as well by the way also if you are actually someone in that region despite that thing they said there about you know contact us if you have any problems with position don't do that and i'm going to tell you right now why you don't do that because i'll tell you another thing that i could see this story coming out in the future monty and it'll be really fucking sad if it ever does is you know those stories about how all those people who used to twitter said things against the government got like put in prison and fucked up right there's a world i'm telling you right now because this happened with twitter if people don't know that because twitter is saudi owned supposedly they used twitter monty to track down people who were like dissidents i think maybe even in other countries and then like punish them and fuck with them basically and that was part of the track here's the thing I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't put it past Riot that if the Saudi government came to them, like, hand over the chat logs of these people, that they wouldn't do it. And if they did, by the way, you might have outed yourself then. That's why I would say don't do this, by the way. Do not trust yeah. fucking video game companies with your life. Like, if you have to take care of yourself and protect yourself in that country, don't think that some idiot Riot who shows a flag is going to help you. They aren't. The second that they're in trouble, mate, they're off in a fucking cushy office in LA. They're not going to do anything for you, mate. They're going to say it now to make themselves feel good. But sadly, like, you will end up at the end of that. There's a bang of reference. At the end of that movie, Three Kings, if you think they're going to help you, they will just fucking bail, mate. Bang of reference. Have you seen that movie? Bang of reference. 
the analogy I'll make, Thorin, is like this is the rioters seem to believe that they're building some sort of Trojan horse and that oh, this, it. Yeah. The, they're, they're building they're like sitting there like Odysseus, Odysseus is sitting there. Right. It's like, oh, guys, I got this great idea. We're going to build this horse and then they're going to. We're going to they're going to we're going to go inside it and the rest of us are going to leave. But we're just going to sail like a little bit away. And then, guys, when they roll it into the city, we're going to pop out in the middle of the night, and open the gates and everybody's going to come in and we're going to win the war. Yeah, go us. Except the reality of this situation is that it they build the horse. The Trojans look at it and just walk away and go back inside their castle. And then that's it. That, well, that's this one, that's Monty, what's actually like going to they, happen. Here's the problem, Monty. It's more like they did the first part, like you said. They sold the idea. Then what they did is they crammed all the gay activists inside of the Trojan Hall. So they pushed it inside Saudi Arabia. But then because they know if they actually did anything, Monty, they'd be fucked and they'd push the horse back out. They just have to now never leave the horse, stay inside the horse, and pretend to actually be a giant horse. Exactly. So there you go. That's it. That's all they can do now. they die immediately. So, 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 so I, I, I guess they, I, they got a horse in there, but... Yeah, nobody knows what the horse is. Nobody knows what the horse is at the end of the day. And nobody gives a shit. And they just think it's a horse and it's like a cool statue or something. Um, that's a great, that's a great co completion of the analogy. It is, it is fucking crazy that they think that this is going like, guys, I just don't know how to say this any other way. The net negative of PR here is just not worth it. Oh, it's crazy. The price, the price that you pay on your soul for doing this is much more severe. But of course, these people are not going to say that because the only possible action that logically you could resolve your cognitive dissonance with is simply to say, I cannot work with a company that clearly doesn't value my identity to this degree. Therefore, I must quit my job. And they want to keep they they, they want the free coffee and all the riot perks and they want the cushy job and they don't want to have to think though. about this. You do make a good point, though. This is why Monty actually inadvertently proves it's a cult. Because the joke is, of course, to a rioter, if you even interact with riot on even a vaguely regular basis, you will have to become completely consumed by them and all of your thoughts, opinions and cultural values will just immediately mirror them. So to them, it's totally logical that this will happen with anyone else who encounters them. To them, <laughs> riot is a Lovecraftian force that just turns you mad the second you even encounter them in your perception. So they don't understand, believe it or not, Monty, some of these Saudis have stronger cultural values than rioters, believe it or not. <laughs> Crazy idea, isn't it? I know. Crazy idea. I also just can't believe this is like, mate, if we went back in time, Monty, 10 plus years, this would be like a bad Esports Express article, like Riot Games, literal like rainbow rioters to do deal with Saudi Arabian autocratic government to try and win them. Like, this would be like a bad meme headline, wouldn't it? It's real. It's a real story. I never even could have predicted. I was pretty cynical about Esports. My whole I can never could have predicted this, guys. This is so out of pocket. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? I guess when it's it so started ridiculous. happening to the Premier league we should have known Thorin. No, we should have we should have yes. we should have known in retrospect i mean the cold mind unfortunately yes in yes. retrospect all the signs were there in many ways yeah. <laughs> when, when we saw live golf come for the pga we should have been like we're definitely next <laughs> yeah. oh my god uh so it's it's tragic it's tragic really but anyway um that's something of course you only hear on Summoning Insight because you can't hear it anywhere else, guys. See it on the subreddit because of the old Richard Lewis convenient Reddit ban again that just happens to save riots us for the millionth time. Weird how that works, isn't it? Yeah, weird. Weird how that one works, isn't it? Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, we can talk. I, we did get sidetracked by that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, it, we talked about it, guys, because it is actually extremely important to understand oh, how sh- Riot internally sees this issue. Because I at least personally find it very alarming the way that they are reacting to this internally. And it shows that there's a big difference between what happened with the Neom stuff a few years ago and what's happening now. Which is crazy to me that they could have successfully Maybe, pushed I, back I, the I want to see what you think of this. Dude, I, after seeing what's happened now and that story Richard put at the time that showed that apparently Riot themselves were always happy with the Neom deal, they just didn't like the bad PR of all the LEC yep. stuff coming out. I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. You know what? There's a lot of people I do like and respect on that LEC broadcast. I don't think that Neom thing even happens if Frost Gurren isn't in that room. I'll give her credit in this one sense. At least she did have the balls to do. She would at Agreed. least cause some problems. Even if she wouldn't always follow through and tell you publicly who did stuff. Sure, she didn't complete it. But the difference is, I think the other ones just went in solidarity with her, mate. I actually think I some of these people may not. I can't know. I'm speculating, obviously. But I, I don't think it would have been as big a deal. I think they might have expressed concerns, but I think if it happened, it would have happened back then. So that's also another reason why it doesn't surprise me at all. This is going to happen now. Like you said earlier, Monty, it already could have happened. Remember, Falcons tried to buy Astralis. Dude, I think they're just going to be in the league next year, year whatever whatever the next sale is it's just inevitable at this point like it's obvious Riot does not have a problem working with any of these countries I mean why they would here's the thing I'll never really understand Monty aside from for PR reasons and that obviously can eventually be superseded by financial reasons that you need the money to run the league aside from PR reasons why would a Chinese company care? Because I don't care what anyone tells me. Tencent is Riot Games. Why are we pretending it's still like a bunch of people who did a cool little startup in LA? Like, it isn't. Like, it's a bunch of Chinese people. And spoiler, if you know, the Chinese, by the way, deal with everyone. They're doing shit right now in Africa and in the Middle East. They don't give a fuck about that. By the way, they also do business with with countries that use like slave labor and all sorts of shit themselves. So the idea they would ever care is ridiculous. Like, if I look at it now, the worst thing is not only will it happen, but there won't even be the pushback in my opinion it'll be very yeah. mild like here's the thing you know what? i'll give people credit based on their past actions i could believe by the way monty there might be a world where maybe someone like medic might imply he doesn't like this so uh, some people have put themselves out there and shown they might do that some of the others i think will just go along with it they'll know well, which way their bread's buttered as we say in england they'll just have to go along with it if they want to work in the industry they'll just think right this is the compromise i have to make right well it's also just it's going to creep in over time because the start of this is oh, we're just going to have this tournament in Saudi Arabia and you can choose not to go to Saudi Arabia. And then it becomes, oh, they own an LEC team, right? And so, well, I guess I can just request... I'll give you a prediction. If they send teams like from LCS and LEC to Esports World Cup, Monty, here's a prediction for you. It'll all be messaging like this. It won't even be about how good the tournament is. It'll be all, we're treated so well here. Oh, look at this, like, luxurious things. It'll be all about, like, how incredible the culture in Saudi Arabia. That'll be there as well, mate. That'll be there too. Of course. And the, the Saudis know that because when they invite people with big social media followings and they invite the teams and the teams make documentary content and they do treat them well. Like, I'm not saying they, they course, don't. They yeah, do. Because that's part yes. of the that's part of the charm offensive that they deploy so that they don't like all of this. Mate, by the way, guys, this. it's a team in China. If I went to an event in China and CSGO a few years ago, Monty, they would have been the best hotel, you know, like the buffet with like every world cuisine. Yeah. But it's because they want me to go back and go, China's fucking amazing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, if you know, if I leave that hotel and go down one street, I see a guy in like the fucking gutter, like selling like cabbages for one cent or something. Like that's yeah. the problem. They want me to see one part, but not the other part, obviously. And guys, here's the reason they do this. And this is why, at a fundamental level, the thought that you can change them is so ridiculous because the reason they do any of this stuff, any of it at all, is so that they don't have to change. They do it 
so they don't have to change. So by you agreeing to this, you are helping them actively not change the things that you don't like. That is what you are doing. There is no other interpretation. Oh, are you ready for an even more cynical angle? I'll apply. I would even argue if it was if they really did just culturally change, then they could just actually change some of these laws and then we wouldn't even have to be paid. We'd all just come and have events there. So I like it's even more cynical. They're essentially paying a higher premium, Monty, to not have to change the rules about gear shit. And so as a result, (laughs) what you're actually doing if you're right is you're getting more money because this is absolutely abhorrent. Like that's the craziest part about the morals of this is like you're going to make more money as a result of that because you probably just go add an extra zero. Okay, maybe I think about it. It's like, that sort of shit it is yeah of course (laughs) they wouldn't have to pay a premium if they would just fucking change would they (laughs) we wouldn't have to have these conversations (laughs) oh my god uh so wild wild that that you think that the 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 level of influence you can have in your silly ass little video game riot is somehow like bigger institutions than you have already caved right the fucking entire golf professional circuit cave that's way bigger than esports by the um, way i'll just throw this out there as well let me know when one old travi gum gum has an opinion on this topic or two he asks a rioter about it on camera gotta throw that out there <laughs> Because apparently Travis, by the way, is some sort of hero for asking his own friend questions that his friend chose not to answer. Apparently, here's what's hilarious about that, you dumb fucks. He didn't even do that to Mark Merrill. He essentially gave Mark Merrill layups all the time. And then when Mark Merrill started to fuck up an answer, he helped Mark Merrill quickly get out of his answer and say something different than what he was saying. So the joke is, the bare minimum would be to interview the LCS commission and ask him at least what's going on. And then he, by the way, he's totally in his one prerogative to say no comment or I'll waffle around it. But what that actually exposes that you guys don't get is why was Travis not doing that in the past? When he used to actually, the real joke is this, that's the purpose of Mark Z right there. Monty, is to at least be able to not answer a question by answering it, if you get what I mean. The problem they had before was Jackie Fallon couldn't even answer a question. <laughs> she wouldn't even take questions. So we've got, we've gone one step up, guys. They now just tell us to our face a bunch of political bullshit that tells us nothing. We're not even going to get the answer, but we're one step closer, and it's just because it's Marks. That's it, Marks E. There you go. What a fucking waste of time, eh? This topic, like you say, it'll only ever come up with this show, The Four Horsemen. It will never be mentioned anywhere else in League of Legends, even though they're all the people that love to flex all the political angles. They'll never bring this topic up. Even though, here's the weirdest thing about it, Monty. If you're not doing anything wrong, why would it be a problem to just discuss it? Why couldn't it just be a topic of conversation? You know what I mean? If there's nothing sinister and wrong, and you support all the causes, and you think this is okay, then why would it be a problem? It's actually conspicuous that it can't be talked about. It's why you know everyone knows deep down there's something wrong with this, you know? There is something wrong with it. I mean, imagine Riot putting out a statement where they're like, well, we recognize that uh, Saudi Arabia has different values than us. We think we can... um, softly message our values to them like obviously they can't say that because they know it's not true and it it destroys it destroys the illusion right <laughs> it's so funny oh i i, I don't know man like it, it, this this is it's deeply depressing because apparently nobody even internally at riot is going to speak up against this right now because they know it's inevitable and so now the copium is coming in so strong because oh, they is. they yeah. have to resolve the the cognitive dissonance and so now everybody's just high on the copium instead because they they yeah, know there's no way the that they can stop it what they're literally doing the mean people who are just sat draped in rainbow flags are going what the hell now i love the government of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you saying out loud, bro? What are you doing? It's this like, it's like I this can change. Madness. 
you're like, hmm, this this situation sure is awkward. <laughs> it's I can fix I can fix MBS. I can fix him. <laughs> Monty, you're right. It's like a toxic female relationship. Yes. They're like, I can fix him, but it's MBS instead of like the boyfriend at all. This is some right I can fix him. I can't take the direct approach, but if I softly hint for enough years, I can fix MBS. <laughs> <laughs> also, you could also do that meme. You know, the guy in the street with his girlfriend looking back at the other girl could just be riot, and then it has like you know gay rights on the side, and you're just looking back like that Saudi Arabian bag. You're just looking back over your shoulder at that bag, that dirty bag. <laughs> you know the saddest thing, by the way. I'll just actually for once. I say it for once. It's on brand. I'll give it, I'll actually self-flate. I would auto flash you coming on right now. I'll just blow our own horn. If people don't know, it's actually even more significant, you know, that people like me, Monty and Rich Lewis haven't just taken this giant Saudi bag. Like, if anything, didn't we work our whole fucking lives in esports? Like, we are the people who should cash out, if anything. Like, Pete, Richard jokes about him. It's sort of true. He's actually smarter. If he was going to cash out, he could have cashed out for millions now. Like, not fucking 10K like dickheads did half a decade ago. Like, if anything, like, we should be the people who deserve the bag. But the problem is there are certain bags that you don't necessarily want to pick up because when you pick them up, it isn't just money and it might change who you are and who you're perceived to be in the world, which is what Riot isn't thinking about, sadly. Yeah. Rough times. Do you know the weirdest thing about all this as well, Monty? Is this just shows you how fucked the esports industry is? Because people who've marketed that they're all about gay rights will work with people who, checks notes, hate gay people, just rather than convince a fan to give $5. <laughs> Which one's the Gordian knot? That I care about gay people. Well, well, one thing you'd never do is work with people who hate gays. Yeah, but that's better than trying to convince a guy to pay $5 for the product. Like, how far have we gone, guys? Like, can we not just get fans to pay for this product so we don't have to have autocratic governments pay for it? Like, I, by the way, I would gladly pay $5 for LEC. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, sure. I'd pay it today for a pass like, this week. Like, Why wouldn't it, I? Is it that crazy that you would pay for a Twitch sub just to see League of Legends esports? You could use a Prime sub. You know, fuck it, man. Like, isn't that worthy of paying? I think it's worth paying. It's a great idea, Monty. It's not something I'd suggest, but I'm just, I'm just your spitballing here. Here's an idea. Have a pay-per-view crowdfund element, and some of the money goes to helping gear causes in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you could actually, by the way, not only fund the league, but you could actually do what you're claiming to do, actually affect the country. Wouldn't that be sick? <laughs> oh, here's one. You get, you do something, Monty. Here's a great angle. You have a fund where what happens is if someone in Saudi Arabia, you'll love this, it's a great angle. If someone in Saudi Arabia is gay and they get persecuted, but they're famously someone who plays League of Legends and has an account, you you have like a fund of like lawyers that go and help them. That's a fucking banger idea. Crowdfund that from all Western people during Pride Month. Problem solved. Problem is, guys, they're not even trying to do something like that. That's, that's just a fantasy dream. This is just marketing. It's actually how you know, by the way, none of this ever was real. They never really cared about any of these issues. It was just something cool to say you did, so you get the clout from it, and then you go on with normal life, because let's be real, in everyday life in America, it isn't the case, like in Saudi Arabia, you're constantly persecuted in your life, so they don't actually have to ever have skin in the game, but in this case, the reason it's gross is you've basically gone to the very countries where you have to have skin in the game, if you talk about this topic, and said, I'm going to actually be paid to not have skin in the game, like, that's just sad. 
That's just sad for everyone involved, I'm afraid. And if you are one of those people, at least know you're deluding yourself. At least be honest with yourself. Even if you have to pull up with the bullshit that they say publicly, don't internally like this gaslight each other that this is cool. Well, it isn't cool. I'm not even, by the way, somebody who agrees with your opinions, but I just think this is fucked up because it doesn't make sense for you. This isn't <laughs> even what you want the world to be, is it, guys? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, like, I don't fall into, I, I would not be persecuted as far as I know in any way in Saudi Arabia, right? I don't even fall into this. So, like, I, I, apparently I care more than the people who do, which is wild to think about. Wild. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about actual LCS teams for a little bit? Yes. I mean, the obvious one to start with is let's just start here. If you're underwhelmed, and I was mega underwhelmed last year by Cloud9, Monty. In my opinion, sure. they should have walked both LCS titles and actually, for real, should actually have had a chance at MSI and Worlds to do something. But you saw people like MNS blew up internationally, the team turned to shit, and obviously they just blew summer completely. I'll tell you what, I wasn't the biggest fan of keeping Fudge, but mate, this rebuild, it looked like it the offseason. That's almost the best sign you could have made is just put George OP on middle. <laughs> and when you've done it, mate, this looks fucking good now. Like, this team should be the best again. Why shouldn't they be? They, they look fucking mega. Yeah, I, I think part of it is that, so first off, they're playing in NA. And, you know, the, the teams that we've seen them play against, yes, they set up the kind of rematch of the finals with NRG. However, in that particular game, I have no idea what NRG was doing in terms of trying to, like, draft because basically they what we saw cloud nine do was draft basically like a siege composition with Varus and azir they have really strong split push with the udi or top they looked much more prepared uh than a lot of teams in the west for that pick that we've seen kind of uh you know come up in korea in particular over the last couple of weeks and then uh, they they get the Viego, which allows them to get resets off of some of the engage and single target damage that they have. They get pressure in top and mid almost instantly, get the six void grubs, and then devastate NRG, right? It felt like NRG really didn't have any kind of agency in this game because they were losing and getting the, you know, the push in mid and top uh, against them so hard that this is the problem with best of ones is that it just felt kind of doomed and there wasn't any follow-up games to dis, you know dissuade us that that was going to be the case and then 100 thieves you know you're dealing with some rookies on this roster and also they see 100 thieves sees Varus karma and thinks to themselves yes into Senna Nautilus and thinks, yes, now is the time to play Nocturne while bot lane is going to get shoved down our throat the entire game uh, and so they can invade us at will, and then Nocturne River never, ever, ever, ever gets to do anything, right? So love Nocturnes that never get to ult. It's my favorite shit of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I That's mean, like some fucking fucked up BDSM shit. What are you doing that for? And Cloud9 fans would be like, oh, Monty, you're not giving them credit for what they did do. No, they snowballed both of these games really well. Like, I want to give Cloud9 credit here. You can only play against what's given to you. But the problem is, is that they had such pressure and agency from the start of both of these games that it was, I mean, the, their opponents just kind of fell over and died, right? 
So I don't know what we can learn really about Cloud9, at least at an international level, because we expect them to be dominant domestically with this roster. Jojo Pion is a massive upgrade off of MS oh, last year. I mean, we talked about this when it was before it happened. Jojo Pion, as EG is exploding, he definitely should go to Cloud9. He's going to be the hottest free agent, obviously, because he's the best mid laner and he's a native mid laner, which is very important for roster construction. Vulcan going back makes sense, returning to the team. Remember, Vulcan left in the first place because he didn't have good synergy with Sven and he didn't want to play with Sven anymore. Yes. And so it wasn't that Vulcan was bad. It was that they had to pick between the two of them. They picked Sven. Now we're here. Berserker and Vulcan uh, are the new bot lane instead of Berserker and Sven after Sven role swapped. So do you keep Fudge? Apparently the answer is yes. Fudge has been playing fine. But it was never the domestic performances of Fudge that we had concern about. It was what happens internationally. This roster... We don't know, obviously, two games in how they're going to compete internationally, but they have my point is that they have encountered such a small amount of resistance to this point in time that it's hard for me to get a read on exactly how good they are. Raw, I'll tell you something really disturbing. If you go on to Reddit, there's barely any threads about LCS games. The fuck? <laughs> Dude, there's none. Like it's all just LEC and LPL and LCK. The, what the fuck? Oh, they they delete them after like twenty four hours of them being up. They 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 don't oh, delete them. Enough, okay. They hide them so they don't take over uh, the oh, front right, page. Okay, so enough. I think they fair because enough. because we're uh, we're a little far out from the LCS game. They try and declutter, okay. which is fine. Um, you enough. can access all the threads from like um, oh, you can just search League Leakpedia. Like Leakpedia right. has you know links okay. to the the threads or esports. The LOL esports vods Reddit has them. Sorry. My bad. Okay. Uh, if you go to LOL event VODs on Reddit, uh, they will have the Reddit threads links next to the VODs All right, if cool. you are curious. Um, but yeah, the, you know, it, Cloud9 looks great is the answer. We expected them to look great. The question, the only real question was, you know, who's going to follow whom? Is is Blabber going to be the one calling the shots and like being the 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 focal point that the team plays behind or is it going to be Jojo Pian and so far it's kind of been blabber uh and but we'll see how that synergy develops it hasn't looked like there are a lot of big issues no no I mean I, like I say I'm not the biggest fudge fan it's not even gonna matter on this team this team sucks fucking dynamite like and top lane's not even that strong a fucking role in any anyway so I actually think this team just looks like that they look like the obvious favorites to just run the league like there's no reason this team and by the way the cool thing is because of some of the players they have this team actually maybe could do something internationally if they have the pieces for it at least like you look at the like the differences yeah. you've solved nearly all your problems from last year meanwhile I'll give you an example Monty even though, yes, remember, technically NRG did obviously change. They Ignar used to play for them, who now obviously is over in Europe, and they obviously now have Huhi from Golden Guardians, but not like an enormous change. It's a fundamental support change, but even so, you could even argue that maybe brings shot call in elements. NRG, in my opinion, winning was a symptom of how bad LCS was. So my problem is, it's obvious this team shouldn't be the best LCS team. There's no hate on them. It's still a good squad. But the difference is, Monty, I think in a healthy LCS, this is like your third or fourth best team. Yes. It's like in that sort of range. Like Agreed. You want it to be Cloud9's on top, hopefully fly quest's really good maybe team liquids legit like then you can if you have an nrg then now you've got a healthy league like because if you look at the players it's no hate just look people like dorkler shouldn't be the best team 
It, you know, fair play. He's actually turned his career around. He's become a viable player. He can be above average sometimes. These aren't the best players, though. You look at the quality in, like, the Cloud9 team especially. They're not only a good team. They have the fucking players, mate. Like, they have exactly... Like, that is almost like an NA super team of LCS players. Like, that's mega. That's yeah, actually a mega team. Uh, we talked about this coming in. Like, obviously... I, they did, I, as far as I know, Cloud9 did try to get Wonder, uh, and Wonder said no. I would have been um, too, yeah. yeah. But I think Wonder, Wonder would have been the upgrade to this team that really makes it like very good because he can weak side so effectively, and he's such a great veteran presence. And you had the ability to bring another import into this roster because you have three North American players there. Um, but Fudge, you know, he if he can play more, if he if he's if they don't need him as much, um, then perhaps he can do something. If we get into, if we get into a competition where top lane is very, you know, an international competition where top lane is very crucial, and top lane is very crucial in the meta right now, guys, it is very, very crucial. Uh, much more impactful than AD carry as things stand. Um, I think Cloud Nine will will have trouble because there's no way that, given Fudge's previous international performances and the way this team is going to play that they are going to, you know, be able to hang with, like, the best Chinese and Korean top oh, players. No. I mean, you can argue fucking top playing ran this last world. It's like Zayas, Bin, the Shy. Like, these were the guys smurfing all the games and fucking carrying the, the matches for the teams, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's top lane's very impactful right now. Uh, we see a lot of, like, massive top lane games at the moment. It's much harder to affect top lane, which means that individual skill in top lane... Uh, as a jungler, because of the changes to the map, which means that individual skill in, in top lane actually snowballs harder now than it used to because it's more difficult to, like, you know, stop somebody from winning in top or to really, like, change the balance of power up there. Uh, so it's, you know, it's it's tough. Um, and it, it's fun if you like top lane players, which I definitely do. Like, I think these are really good changes to League of Legends, prof the professional scene particularly, because it empowers, like, carry top laners and, like, amazing top lane players in a way that a few the game hasn't in a while. That Rich's Wrath made. It was a joke, but it was also actually a funny piece of analysis. He actually said that it is ridiculous that Alfari doesn't play anymore because essentially they've made top lane his dream. Like, yeah. he'd never be able to gank the fucker. He'd just be permanent outlaying you, wouldn't he? Like, on an island, that actually would be his dream fucking game, wouldn't it? Yeah. It really would be. Maybe he'll make a glorious <laughs> return. Because <laughs> actually, here's a question I have for you, Monty. The obvious team, you'll notice out those big names I mentioned there that already has fucking slipped up on the banana peel day one. It's Team Liquid. Fucking hell. This one of the Thieves team should never be beating you. And also, <laughs> you're just losing to that Seraphine Karma. Like, is LCS just a little new breach? And I had to watch this when Danny was playing and people were picking Seraphine back when, like, I'd watch like, LCK and it's like, you never even get to the game. Like, what? What is going on? How are they losing? Team Liquid's... Look, it's, I'm not a massive fan of the lineup, but they should be better than this. Mate. Like, this, this should be a really good team. Well, no, I don't know how good we can say they're going to be. Like, young. Look, look at the strength of the league, though. They should be like third or fourth themselves, Monty. Look at the players they have. It's a pretty weak league, mate. I mean, Yon and APA are pretty suspect in like key well, we can't carry roles. Them too, yeah, I mean, that's true. Look at the team uh, that just beat them. Look at the fucking line of 100 Thieves, mate. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, River was River was probably the best jungler in LCS player, last summer. Uh, but fucking know. Quid was fucking ridiculous last year. He was a fucking and, and they have, mate. And they have Sniper, you know. And they have Ayla. Ayla Ayla who, may as well be Ella. 
fucking carrying an L. These fucking ridiculous and I'll give them each guy some time. Obviously, give them some time. Um, part of, part of it was like the CEO of LCS is back, which is Seraphine, and because teams don't punish Seraphine, if you just let Seraphine get through to three items. Then the game is over. Uh, basically, why is Seraphine in LCS like a fucking Caitlyn mid in like gold or something? It's like, oh god, it's going to run the whole game. Like, <laughs> believe it or not, guys, this isn't like an auto win in other regions. You have to actually do stuff with it. I know, metal in it, it's so metal. Um, because other regions will dive her and constantly fight in bot side and destroy her. Um, whereas you know LCS players don't know how to or don't like to do that so she just gets free scaling basically so i i do think that that was part of the issue um again it's best of ones too are going to create a lot of kind of wacky ass results like i think that why is, team the, LCS probably like this why is the lcs like fucking the, the harlem globetrotters is cloud nine every year and then they're like do 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 spinning the ball and then meanwhile the washington generals is like eight of the other teams all watching like Fuck, don't attack them or in any way do anything early game. Shit, they're scaling it out of control. Like, and they never do anything. Because I never understand that part. You would think NA would be like LC LPL and just fight all the time and just make that your identity. Like this thing where you like do a shit version of Koreans where you try to play correctly, but just play incorrectly consistently <laughs> while doing nothing is the worst possible League of Legends. It's the worst of all worlds, guys. It sucks. It actually sucks. Yeah. Uh, and it's depressing for me because I really like Umti as a player. And oh, he... he's a, people don't know he was a cool player in Korea. Yeah, he was like creative. Yeah, no, he was creative. He was really underrated because he was on bad rosters. I said this last year, um, you know, but his English skill is very good. So him coming to an yeah, NA team makes a good. lot of sense. Yeah. He was already being wasted in Korea. He should have been on better rosters in Korea, in my opinion. Yes. Like he didn't deserve to be on Breon. Like that that wasn't fair to Umti. He was a better jungler than. Then the rest of his teammates were players in their respective roles. And so I was happy. Like, this is a guy where I don't feel bad losing him from Korea because he was being used improperly in Korea. And he wasn't, like, on some sort of decline. He's also, like, known as... I mean, you can see what Breon looks like without him. They have no shot calling in the early game anymore. And Umti was very good at that. His yep. early pathing was very good. He gets a lot of early advantages. You got to see some of the good stuff uh, from Umti versus Shopify Rebellion. Um, but this, you know, I get concerned because the chemistry of this roster is Umti, how much can he actually carry out of the jungle? Weak side King Impact and then fucking APA and Yun. Who the fuck is going to carry this team? True. Like, they're basically, they're basically committed to winning off of Umti and Kor's shot calling. Yeah, maybe oh, yeah, that's, that's good the other thing that the other thing that's scary is this, Monty. This team absolutely will be in with a shot to potentially get like a world spot. You better hope they don't get it. Because like you're saying there, I'm already thinking, holy fuck, like how would you win a game ever against the, the LPL and LCG with that lineup? You wouldn't. Why would you? Yeah. Like, it's, there. It's, I, it's just very hard for me to get excited about Team Liquid because it just, it feels like unless APA or or Yun take big steps forward, and there's no reason at this point in time to believe that Yun is going to do that, guys. Because By the way, I'm missing something. Look, I already I already hated on Harry as well, but I was never a Yun fan from the beginning either, mate. Like, am I the only one who doesn't get it? Like, why have they stuck with this guy so long? Like, did, are they just in a bad contract or something? Like, he just the joke is if you took the nameplate off, I wouldn't know this was a Korean player, just a whatever player in LCS. Like, <laughs> Andy makes lots of mistakes as well. Like, it's actually quite sad. 
I, I don't get why they've built around this player, mate. I don't get it at all. Maybe it's Gorgia JPEG. I don't know, but I don't get it myself. I mean, so many players you could have replaced him with. The the theory of having a Korean speaking <laughs> roster last year worked until they had to pull, you know, Harry to put uh, APA in. And at that point in time, it's like, why bother sticking with Yun at that, you know, either? Right. By the way, here's my joke as well. I didn't do it at the time, but I wish I had. The reason why it never made sense to do an all Korean speaking roster is because then it's four people who know that Summit doesn't give a fuck about grouping and will never help them. (laughs) That's too good. That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty good. Not bad. Hey, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm not too excited about, I'm too excited about Team Liquid. I think, I think FlyQuest is potentially the other interesting My quest team. is the hope. It's the secret. It's the sleeper hope for the league, isn't it? Come on. Because the joke is, Monty, this is just LCS team heretics. It's like, if you like the top side, you're all in. <laughs> and I'm all in. Just like with heretics in LEC, Monty, I'm all in. Inspired, Jensen, love them all. Don't give a fuck if they have problems. Whipple, love him too. Let's just get fucking rolling and see that top side of the map win some games. Azir, yes, sir. Just what the doctor orders, Mr. Jensen. Azir coming up. Brilliant. Love it. No, I mean, look, they didn't have the hardest position. They obviously had like a weaker strength of schedule, but they looked good in the first two games. Yeah, especially I would say the the first game, their early game, where Inspired just really wrecked them. I mean, it, you could you could see like the difference in terms of jungle quality, jungler quality within that match. Now, did they kind of throw it later on? Yes, like there were points in there where they weren't peeling properly for the back line that were a little bit questionable. They were taking fights that they definitely shouldn't have taken. I think they were cocky and they were ahead, so they weren't really worried about it. And ultimately, they had a pretty big scaling advantage, but it became kind of close at times uh, versus... I think Shopify Rebellion also played pretty well from behind, all things considered. And I think Wild Turtle did a great job of subbing in for this roster when he wasn't even supposed to be playing as... uh, He's like a streamer for them now. He wasn't even supposed to be playing professional matches, and he still looked good. Like, he's probably better than a lot of the 80 carries that are actually actively playing in this league from what we saw. I mean, the joke is a bit like one of those Uber Eats drivers where I live, Monty. While Turtle should just steal um, Yawn's ID and just play as him. He's actually good. So <laughs> just pretend you are Yawn. Obviously, you're not allowed to just be normal play. You have to be fake Korean. So just be fake Korean and then just play with it instead of him. Problem solved. A bit like, as I say, when I see my Uber Eats coming and I'm like, all oh, right, Tim's coming. And then all I'm going to say is I don't think that he was Tim when he arrived. It seemed like he was from a different part of the world. Maybe a part of the world that just got added to Europe in League of Legends, if that's enough of a clue for you. Well, in any case, in any case, like, I, I'm not... I think Shopify Rebellion might be able to come back uh, a little bit. Like, I th- I think we saw some good things there. They're a fun team to watch, at least, because of Insanity's, like, champion pool. They have some solid players. Like, they've got some decent players to gamble on in this squad. Yeah, I think they'll probably, though, based on especially the game that they played against FlyQuest, they showed quite a lot of resilience. And I, you know, if this is another example of, I wish this league wasn't best of ones because it was such a dumpster fire for Shopify Rebellion at level one, that it it was an uphill battle the entire game. And Inspired was able basically to take level one advantages and then just press the advantage hugely, right? And if this was a best of three, well, you're like, okay, well, the next game, like, hopefully we don't have a very weird game state from the very start of the game because Shopify might be able to actually win a best of three, but we never got that opportunity. I think they played well from behind, but yeah. I hopefully also that see guy some who coaches wins. them is that guy who's like Ellis's mate, like that Revan guy. So uh, does he? Maybe do... 
I think he's one of the ones that I've seen on else's stream before. If it's the same guy, so yeah, Revan, yes. maybe he's going to yep. bring in, maybe he'll even bring in some interesting picks. Who knows? Will yeah. be interesting. Yeah, especially insanity would be the one to play them, right? Yeah, um, I mean, Sony's yeah. being willing to play some crazy shit. He's not, if people don't know, by the way, this is how I know none of you actually do care about domestic talent. The players you should be fucking loving now is like insanity. Why aren't you all over that player? What he showed last year, that's exactly... By the way, you're very rarely going to get a Giorgio Pion. That's like a once-in-a-fucking-generation player, mate. Like, he obviously is just some prodigy. This guy is just, like, about the best you can hope for of, like, the emerging NA talent. Like, he had some great games last year, mate. Like, if you're an NA fan, that's the player to watch. Yeah, I, I think Insanity is an incredibly fun player to watch. I've I've really enjoyed seeing him and his versatility, and he's you know he's fearless in terms of his picks. Like he's another player where it's like, why doesn't Team Liquid have this guy? Right? Like this this guy would yes. be such an upgrade for Team Liquid. Imagine if Insanity and Wild Turtle were on Team Liquid. They're both North American players. They could both be on this roster. All of a sudden, Team Liquid looks like potentially a real fucking contender instead we have two rather you know mediocre rosters as a result although we'll see what happens when b-boy gets you know I, I guess he had some visa issues or something like that was delayed which is why wild turtle was playing so we'll see how he does uh when he gets here um it also kills me as well monty because like here's the problem in isolation i love that you signed impact in reality, you don't have the mid and ADC, you idiot. The whole point of signing him is to like make it so mid and ADC carry the game. That's why, by the way, the other angle was Cloud9 also could have signed Impact again, right? That would also have been a banger. They have the mid and ADC to fucking run the table. That's the stupidest part of this. Is like that's just not his game to be the perma carry anyway. So you have just limited your weapons stupidly, even though in isolation is a good signing. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the league is kind of whatever right now. I mean, I don't even bother watching the shit games in LCS. Like, I'm not going to waste my time watching Immortals versus Dignitas, guys. Like, I'm not I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I have better things to do this year, and I would much rather spend my time streaming the actual good matches that happen from around the world, especially now that LPL is starting off. And we can switch over there because we actually did have a fucking banger first match, yes. which is BLT yes. versus Top Esports, which is one billion times better, even though it was kind of a fiesta by the end, it one billion times better than what we're seeing, uh, you know, in LCS or, or really even LEC right now. Here's the good news if you like watching top-level LPL, right? You might know one of the problems JDG had is they were obviously winning almost every match and everyone was looking sick. And so actually, the joke is, even though in the end, Scout got to win MVP because he played on a team with less help, they also, in JDG, essentially, no matter how well they played, you might not even be able to win MVP because there's too many good people on your team. I'll tell you what I've seen from this BLG team. Bro, there's a chance Knight is going to be the MVP of the league this year because this team is going... They're not even attempting to use him the way Yagao played in that team. This is going to be fucking hard round Knight and he will have a chance to carry a lot of games. Like, he already looked fucking good in this series, mate. You saw some of those fucking killer positions. Yeah, I thought it was really great. Yeah, like, I'm hyped is, for this BLG team. It's exciting. This is this is one of those teams that you, like, put up there with Gen G as a possible new super team yes. roster because... You know, the roster is Bin, Jun, Knight, Elk, and On. 
And if you guys remember, Jun is also like a carry jungler, and he got to show his chops right away first oh, game versus top esports. Yeah, like so right away we get to see him versus top esports versus TN yep. in this matchup. He plays brand. This is another one of those games where thank God we do have best of threes in the LPL yes. because this was BLG just stomping the ever loving shit out of top esports. The rest of the series is kind of a clown fiesta and it's a lot sloppier. But if you want to see some really precise snowballing and taking advantages, Billy Billy snowballs like an early advantage, like a level three advantage with brand into just winning the game. Um, and Jun is just, he just fucking dominates them on the brand jungle. And you guys are going to see more of this right now. Brand is the highest win rate jungler in Diamond Plus Korean solo queue. It's incredibly powerful at taking objectives. It's very good in team fights. It farms extremely quickly. The itemization is really good on it right now with like Leandries into Rylies. So you can just get a bunch of CC. It is extremely obnoxious. And if you can, if you can like invade early and they, they got, I mean, they get Varus Ash in the bot lane. So they're just pushing so that Jun can just walk in and fuck up Tian. Knight gets first blood after, you know, helping with an invade. And then Knight is playing. And by the way, they were playing on the, the hot fixed 14.1. So it was with the nerfed 80 LeBlanc, the nerfed one. And Knight plays two games of 80 Sick. LeBlanc and completely dominates them. Yep. So really, really fun series. Like I said, it gets a little silly later on. Like game three is game three is a shit show <laughs> but <laughs> game one no, is very good i actually do think that the angle here's the problem basically people just never paid attention to Jun of the players on this team like they were always looking at elk in the team fight or some movie gal made or obviously like fucking bin is a monster these are the players that draw the eye but if you didn't know guys that's that season last year in the summer where this team were fucking monsters and they were like actually the ones winning more games even the jdg at one point in time like this guy was one of the main reasons he is like a fucking stud jungler this isn't some like i oh, just like tears for the team this guy carries the fucking game boys like he gets on the champions and he just makes all the fucking he, plays yeah, he gets on Kindred, really he gets player. on italy yeah this guy's a yeah. beast yeah this guy's a beast um so yes it, it you know he's he's good it gives them a lot of versatility now we all know how good bin is at international events as well uh it's a very exciting roster it's a very exciting roster yeah. um they play a close match versus top esports top esports also a team that we Not kind of expect team. to be yeah. good. Right. They got three, six, nine from JDG. Yep. They have cream from OMG coming back this year. Uh, he's a player that has certainly like his own style of playing the game. Oh, for sure. Um, and has a lot of kind of unique champions, particularly on like melee carries that are very interesting. Um, uh, now whether like Tian will like troll this team into oblivion remains to be seen. <laughs> You know, Tian for Tian really did a lot to carry game two, which uh, top esports won in this series. So you can see kind of the upside there. And this guy has been, I mean, he was probably the best player on FBX when they won the world championship. I so watched. we know what his ceiling can be. Um, and they've got Jackie Love, you know, they've got two world champions on this roster. Three, Mako. Um, I mean, even just that pairing so tantalizing. Jackie Love with Mako. People don't know. Jackie Love always had weird-ass supports. Now he's just got one of the all-time greats who's like yep. a fucking brain support. Like, this is actually good, super sexy. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah it didn't It didn't it's translate maybe in the third game. Like, the macro was... It was It was just a It was just a kill fest, basically, in game number three. Um, but whatever. I mean, the sad thing about LPL format, by the way, is that because they only play a single round Robin, 
Like we get this matchup in week one, and now we have to just go the rest of the split and just maybe never see it again, depending on how playoffs work out. Right. We just may yes. never see this again, which kind of blows because um, I it's fun to have the big matches right at the start. It's fun to have T1 versus Genji right at the start. But in a way. It's terrible because you want these you teams want to like two weeks before playoffs yes. is what you want. Yeah, well, you want to know where they're at and who's going to win. Yeah, of course. I, I at and least wanted up. a few weeks into the regular season so that yes. I can get edged a little bit, Thorin. You know, yes. I want I want a little bit of edging so that w when I actually come, you know, it's 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 more satisfying in the end. Um, but also just because I want the teams themselves to have adapted to the patch, to have adapted oh, sure. to the new season, to like have figured out like once the meta has settled how they're going to play the game. Because all these new rosters coming together means that even if we didn't have these massive changes coming in from the all of the changes to the rift and to the itemization, um, even if we like didn't have that, they're new rosters that are still working out the kinks in their synergy. And so I would rather just have all the dust settled before I see the rumble. And now I don't get to see this rumble for like three months now. And that sucks. Like, I don't want to wait until April or late March or whenever to have to see, to wait to see BLG versus top again. That just feels bad. Especially because this obviously top lane was actually the premier matchup. It's 369 against Bin. That's supposed to be the banger right there. But as you say, it's the wrong time, the wrong meta. <laughs> I will say, though, shout out to the LPL in general, though, for showing that, like, the rework of the map is busted, but you have to actually make it busted. Like, guess what? Spoiler, if you, like, perma-gank the fucking bot lane 24-7, you will see which side of the map is harder to play on now than the other side. Like, they actually fucking exposed that, mate. Like, I thought they were fucking... Like, the problem with the other regions is they don't they didn't play around, like, the changes. They, they fucking perma-gank the bot lane in this division. It's fucking sick. Yeah, in LCK, too, I mean, one of the things that I think is going to become very troubling for Riot is that now there's like blue side level one shenanigans in bot lane where we've all the time with the elite teams. Yeah. I mean, we see this in, we see this in Korea where like the blue side bot lane will go in the red side, try brush and just like try to all in them at level one. And because of the architecture of the map, it makes it very easy to do that on blue side. Um, so something's going to have to be changed. Yes. I'm pretty sure like Agreed. this can't be allowed to continue because it gives such tremendous advantages. And that's on top of the fact that it's easier to gank as the blue side jungler and it's easier to dive as the blue side. And, um, it feels really bad right now. And the teams, the teams have just started to abuse this. Like it, it you know, it started it, but the, the abuse is spreading quickly. Like the idea is spreading very quickly. Cause like okay. by the end of the first week at LCK, they were it, Korean teams were doing it more. And then like, the first game of the LPL, oh shit, they're doing it. Like they know, they know the dark tech, right? Sure. <laughs> and everybody's going to be doing it soon. Everybody. The only thing is though, there's two things I have to say though. One is I'm also sad because this is like the fucking purgatory I've lived in for years now, Monty. It's like, right, we're back in the LPL. Oh shit. The Western fans aren't watching anymore, night. It's okay. Oh shit, I'm like God, unbeatable, greatest player to ever play League of Legends. No one can fuck with me. I am fake at season three times one million. Like, but no one's watching. It's like it, them essentially Knights carry games must have some sort of like a mixture of some sort of racial component mixed with philosophy. Like, if 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 nobody non-Chinese watches you. <laughs> succeed did you succeed or not that's what reddit's <laughs> trying to figure out there you know because like the chinese have seen it but they never are and then the other aspect i'll say is why in the region that is so good at memes do players insist on picking the most memeable names like if your name is on 
and you are a support who does mad coin flip plays, they are going to call you off, my brother. That one is obvious. I mean, it's only, this shows you how fucking good Missing is. He even called himself fucking Missing. Like, you're begging to get wrecked. This is nuclear <laughs> in-level shit now, boys. Like, it's the most memeable region because I do I do love that one. I can't lie, Monty. Whenever Off has the dog shit game, it's like On has that bad game and they could call yep. him off. It's just right there, isn't it? It's perfect. That is such good memeing. Shout out again for the 10th, straight year to the Chinese region for coming up with the best memes <laughs> and fucking names and nicknames and fucking stories. It's just the best. They're the best in it for some reason. They're so good. They're so well, good. they have way more viewers, so it helps when you have just more people, you know, memeing. The, the good memes eventually stick. <laughs> the problem is we're crowdsourcing all of our fan brain power into, into figuring out why, like, for example, it's okay for Riot to work with Saudi Arabia. Like, they're just doing the game in LPL. You know, they're putting their mind to better things, not just fucking Copium and why Travis is like the best journalist or whatever. I'll, I'll never get over that one. I can't lie. That take almost has me shook, Monty, because it's so wild how far from reality it is. You know the take that the reason other journalists don't like Travis is because we're all jealous that he has access to Riot Games. That is a real take. I won't say who, but someone quite famous in esports said that take out loud, press send tweet, and then sat back thinking, oh, I'll be respected for this. Like That is, the, that is one of the worst clown takes I've seen in four key years. So yeah, I'm sure so I'm sure you're you're just desperate to sit down in a PR environment with Mr. John Needham and do an interview, I know. aren't you, Thor? I know. <laughs> and because you know there's some there's some uh, like PR goblin in the corner, like waving their hands. Don't oh, don't, don't say that. Don't yep. say that, John. Don't say that. Nope. Yep. And we, we practice this, John Needham. We practice this, you do it this yep. way. Yeah, come on, get me out. <laughs> By the way, that's why, as we've talked about with every LCS commission discussion in the past, that's another thing I look down on Riot for. Mate, the guy doesn't have to answer the question. He's not in fucking a CIA black site. He can just say, no comment, or even better, why not just waffle around it like Marg Z did? All you do is you just say things like, well, you know, Travis, of course, the expansion of the league will mean we'll have to consider many fights. And at the end, you go, wait a minute, he didn't say anything there. Yeah, that's the whole secret. So I've always thought the worst part is the fact that in the past, Riot didn't even give you the person to give you no comment. It's how you knew they thought they were like a dictatorship. Like, they didn't feel even obliged to give you a fake reach around as they fuck you deeply in the ass for the 10th year <laughs> which ironically i w wouldn't be able to say if i was in saudi arabia would i <laughs> so, <hold back. laughs> there you go it's whatever you get it it's all good rainbow road is what you called i don't fucking know <laughs> what a um so yeah lpl lpl has just started guys uh should be should be fun to continue to check out uh those games yes. but obviously too too early after after week number one uh and it is you know it is i'll just tell everyone the secret for the lpl is easy just watch the marquee matchups look oh, at yeah. the top five teams basically look on the calendar when they play just watch those you don't need to watch the other ones just watch those ones and prep yourself for the playoffs basically and you'll actually have a sense of what you're talking about you'll actually know who the good players are for real yeah, and also it's not even that hard to identify oh, many no. of the good teams. Like, here, I'll just tell you who you want to watch. Uh, so here I'll tell you. Rookies on NIP now uh, with Aki and Shanji from OMG and Fotokin Zhuo. So, like, this roster might be very good. So I would check yeah. out NIP. I would check out, continue to check out LNG because they're basically running it back, except uh, they have Mark now, and they also have, uh, they have Weiwei now, which is, Super yep. exciting. So, um, I mean, Tarzan was really good domestically, but yep. Weiwei, I think, is he's he's, he's a more creative. There, yeah. Like he's very good too. Yes. So uh it's not really yes. like a distinct downgrade. And their support was 
probably their worst player. And so now they have Mark in order to bolster that. So LNG is very excited. BLG, obviously. Top Esports, obviously. Um, and then, you know, you might want to look at some of these other rosters. Like RNG might be, end up being okay. Um, like Weibo. The how, ones are, obviously, obviously, JDG will be good still. Yeah, JDG. Um, the, the the hype about JDG is their new like rookie top laner Sheer, uh, and they've kind of like Flandre's kind of washed at this point, but at least they have him as a kind of reasonable He's the backup. Policy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they still have Kanavi. They have Yagao now, and they still have Ruler and Missing. Um, but they should should still be good. Uh, who else? You could argue maybe RNG will be decent. Yeah, RNG Not might be decent. Lineup. Uh. EDG might be decent. Not plausible, yeah. If people don't know that Ala guy's a monster top laner too. He's mega. JJ was obviously the MVP back in the day. It's a pretty good league this year, mate. There's some pretty good teams. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are enough good teams and we're going to see them interacting enough, even in the, the single round robin that should be worth it. Also, guys, uh, worth noting that the LPL English broadcast is only going. So LPL runs seven days a week, but the LPL English broadcast is only going uh, Thursday through Sunday. But they allow the co-streamers to co-stream every day. If you see people like Nymira were working it, right? Yeah. So they did the opening last night, which was a, a Monday. Well, it was Monday in China, Monday in Asia, where I am. Right. Um, but basically right now, because of the shenanigans with dropping the LPL broadcast, they're only able to do it four days a week at the moment, which sucks, but you can still go to co-streamers to get full coverage. And by the way, interesting detail, because it ties in, It you, I, you it's not going to be streamed live. It'll come out as a VOD, but on the next episode of Best Damn League Show, Nymira will be my co-host on that episode. Very good. Excellent. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of League of Legends feels much better than it did last week where we can actually kind of pick and choose our good games. Uh, we did have, I, we haven't even talked about Korea yet. We did have the first entire full week of Korea. Um, I, I, I forget cause I already like talked about this on the Monty and Wolf show with Wolf. Uh, but what, what were your thoughts on like T1 versus Gen G? I mean, that was one where I actually did get ye old Genji underdog odds. Because if you don't know, like, obviously people bet the fuck out of T1. So I think Genji was like 2.6 or something ridiculous. So on that one, I thought, fuck it. You look at the roster. You take a flyer. Maybe oh, yeah. they can just get it together. The problem with that series for me was T1 definitely didn't look at, like, peak level. They looked a little bit off in some of the games to me. And Genji was good, but it clearly is still a bit messy. Like, I can't, I can't yet know how that roster will come together. The pieces are incredibly enticing. Like, there really is a world where it's a super team and it just runs the game. And it's like the Korean version of what JDG was going to be for China. But I, I have to say still, the problem at the moment is you can imagine the knockout power from some of the players is really big. But are they going to be super coherent? What did you think? Like, because I didn't have super... Here's the thing. I haven't put the expectations too crazy for Genji initially. Like, it's kind of a brand new team to me. So I'm waiting to see it, like, get together. Together, but I thought it looked good in this first outing, mate. Yeah, it, it did look good. The last two games would have been pretty one-sided for Gen G if T1 hadn't like stolen the Baron in the third game, which was a ridiculous mistake by Gen G. Oh, so was. you know, it was kind of silly. Um, or if like T1 hadn't gotten the hero flank on the Drake fight in game number two, which kind of prolonged things. But Genji's early game in the third game was really good. And I think we're seeing a lot of the potential of what Canyon can bring to this roster. 
Um, the shot calling, I talked to I talked to Arnold from from Gen G about this, and he told me that the shot calling right now is kind of being shared between Lehens and Chovy, which is obviously a huge change from Peanut being the main voice in the team. Like he was really like the one deciding things right. within the former iteration of the roster. Um, but you know, uh, Chovy and Lehens have played together before, so I'm sure that helps. Um, and, you know, they. I was impressed with how crisp their early game looked in some of these. And also impressed that they don't seem to be making the mistake that, for example, other like Dom1 and D-plus rosters have made kind of once they had passed their peak, which is that they have these players with incredibly deep champion pools. And so they don't really know how they're going to play the game. Like, if... You know, we would have expected Canyon to be like, I'm going to play the brand jungle and carry this cool. game. He's on tank duty, guys. And I think that's just a smart way to deal with this roster, which is like, let's figure out how we're going to communicate in game. Let's kind of like fill roles first before we start doing some more wacky shit and and playing, you know, trying to deepen our, our playbook. And so it wasn't particularly like innovative or crazy, but... It was like very solid fundamental League of Legends, and Canyon looked very good. He looked very good. Keen looked really good. I mean, the the funny thing is like I, I do encourage you guys if you haven't seen this match, which is the match that uh Genji played later this that week against Nongshim, because Keen plays Darius into uh into Udir. And he fucking becomes a raid boss in this game. And it is very, very funny if okay. you like top lane carries to just watch Keen chasing Nongshim around the map and like all five of them just sprinting as far as fast as they can away from the super fed Darius. It is a great, great entertaining game. It is so funny. Um, also, T1. I, I don't really think this is indicative of T1's form. No, if no, I'm it's being the first honest. game. Come on. It's the first game. They took a long break after winning Worlds. They were, like, traveling to Europe for that show match for Red Bull. Well, they had like, lots of off-season shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, like, this is why I didn't want to see this matchup in week one. Uh, yes. It's just going to take a really long time for us to be able to see this again in the second round, Robin. Like, the next time this match happens is in March. I believe. Yeah, oh, it's hell. March 9th. Because, <laughs> you know, LPL and LCK are going to take a week off in early February for Lunar New Year. So there's a break there. And then, and then we have to wait for the second round Robin to start. So it feels like a bit of a bummer because I don't think T1 really was super prepared going this. How could they be prepared? It's an entirely new Gen G roster, right? Yes. And um, we'll get more information as this goes on. But I don't read too much into it for both teams. It was a very fun match to watch, though. I will say that. Yes. It got me hyped. But yeah. as you say, the real problem here is we're all if if Gen G and T1 end up being the two best teams, we're all going to argue about them and debate back and forwards the whole time. Swally, we did this last summer. And if you remember, the Gen G played KT in the opening fucking series, and then it was that weird one with the misspy on the third game. So it's like essentially all like comparisons didn't make sense till the playoffs. And things so were like the whole time we're like, but are they that good? Would they have won that game? Like you want to see this in like five weeks when both teams have gotten going, they've gotten games under their belt, and then they essentially see who is the best team in the LCK. So whatever. In some ways, it just delays the storyline. I guess the other one obviously to me is like I even said this to Wolf because and Brendan like I didn't get how people missed this technically absolutely on paper by all the definitions had my life's a super team too 
I saw you sure. discuss this on the Monty Wolf show. Like, remember, they have people who are champions of Korea or world champions. Like, they have, like, a real fucking team, guys. Like, this. look, I know it doesn't have the same hype, but actually, if there's a world where if this team sort of can work, look, it has to be a bit more cynical with people like Dora and Peanut. But you look, if they could, if all these players can fit together, this could also be a really good team. This could be right up there and give some challenge, be a dark horse, right? I mean, just just objectively, uh, as as we're looking at this, like... Technically, Hanwha Life has more of the three consecutive LCK champion players than Gen G does right yes. now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, two of their players. And, and, and obviously, Viper isn't even one of them. And by the way, Viper's <laughs> a fucking bona fide stud, isn't he? <laughs> like, so, you know, if, if we're talking about this roster, like, Peanut and Doran have won the last three titles of this yep. league. And Delight has won the last two, has won, you know, the last two. Um, yep. In the same way that Pays, you know, has won the last two. Uh, oh, the, who remains on Gen G. So we expect like the core of this title winning Gen G roster to be good. And then you put in a legendary player like Viper and then a massive downgraded mid lane like Zeka, who, by the way, fucking won't even play a Kali for me in an Akali beta, it's which is much. just so annoying. That like, is so bonkers, to... mate. My Why own hope is at least it's the Akali met. Like, it's like, it's fucking champions right there, isn't it? Like, show you first picks it. He's just hell? playing fucking Azir. Like, why? What the hell, man? It's not even banned. Like, can I Can I please see? Please, can I see some Zeka Akali? Like, I'm not paying for this bullshit. <laughs> um, so that's been a bit of a letdown. But also, Hamwa Life, like, they're, they've played kind of bad teams. Like, DRX and Kwangdong Freaks. The games have been rather boring. Um... They 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 haven't oh, been like Monty yeah. on Sunday. They play T one. I know the that's that that's the care about. That's, that's going to be spicy. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, T one better win that. Imagine if they start out losing the two of the rivals <laughs> Woo! with the resigned roster. All I'm saying is a lot of pressure on T one in that one, mate. A lot yeah, of pressure T on that one. We have the telecom war next week, so KT versus T one, then HLE versus T one. KT has also, I think, been over like overperforming expectations. Um, By the way, who at LCK did T1 hurt? Why have they started the season with that? Right, you go, Gen G in the KT into Anwar Life. Enjoy, fuck face. It's like you're trying to make them go one and two. What the fuck? Like, what are you doing? This is brutal. It's a nightmare. It's, it, it's just so they can sweep the rest of the first round Robin as they just go decimate all of the, okay. the terrible teams, right? Um, but yeah, look, look I, I think Hanwa. I, I'm holding out judgment on them. The games have been, frankly, quite boring, in my opinion, that Hanwha has played. Just kind of by the numbers, victories, not anything particularly interesting. We don't even get to see their flashy players playing their signature picks, which feels like a big bummer. Um, but, you know, they've dispatched of their two opponents, and they have won every game they've played. So what more can you really ask of them? They are technically in first place right now because they are 4-0. And uh, Gen G lost one of the games to T1, so they're only four and one. And so is KT. Uh, KT, interesting. Like, Pioshik is playing shockingly well. Barrel is playing shockingly well. I have to ask you something. I have to ask you something. Can someone explain to me what is the deal with Fear X? Why is Fear X a brand? Why is the logo of a Fox and therefore the abbreviation is Fox, not? FX, like, what is going on with you? You love branding somebody. What is going on with this team? Give me some thoughts. I, I flamed them on. I flamed them on the Body and Wolf this? show, and Wolf explained it to me. Wolf explained it to me this way: that in Korea, like, 
when you like write something that's incorrect, you put an X next to it. Whereas if in okay. like schoolwork in Japan as well, you put a circle next to it. So it's like fear. No, no fear. But then they needed uh, to come. I know it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It makes my skin crawl. How bad that it's is. So bad. Oh. And, but then they needed like a logo. And so, and like a, a code. And instead of just going with like, first off, how do you represent no fear? I mean, they could have just written the word fear and put an X through it. Right. Uh, but then they like decided on the Fox logo. So then they became the like Busan fearless foxes. And then they use foxes. There, the whole thing is so convoluted. It makes it's no sense. It's, awful. Awful. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a multi, it's a multi-linguistic nightmare is what uh -oh. we're dealing with right now. Only, okay. only post, only post modernity can create abominations of language. This extreme. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad. And also, oh, look, I don't particularly care because I think Live Sandbox was also trash That was branding. pretty shit, too. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. True. Uh, the funniest thing that Wolf said to me was that he said that they have been – the casters have been told not to call them Fox. So they have to call them Fear oh, X, okay. even though okay. it says Fox in front of their name. So it just deepens Jesus. the level of confusion. Oh, the suffering. <laughs> By the way, if you don't know, guys, the idea that something could be written on a screen in front of you, but you're not allowed to see it is actually a nightmare if you work abroad. That is mental. I'll also just say, if you don't know which team we're talking about, here's all you need to know. It's the team that fucking Lord Willer plays on. That's right. You know what? You know how Morgan did actually become like a competent player? Lord Willer, he's still out there in the LCK hey. doing his shit. Lord Willard, Lord Willard dominated Breon, dude. He he was the first player to play the brand, the the okay. jungle brand. He actually shat all over Breon, so yeah, he, he was good. Everything that was good in Breon departed in the off season, mate. Like they're not even a good team anymore. Breon is so sad right now because you know the joke. The joke. The joke about Breon last year was that. They were shockingly good in the early game. And yes. you were just waiting for, for Breon to throw. You're like, okay, Breon, how could you possibly lose this game? And then they would always like lose. Carving yeah. It <laughs> no, 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 no. They were much better in the early oh, game than Carving Corp. They, sure. they'd, be like, yes. they'd be like, you'd be like, Breon, you have a 4K gold lead. Surely you're winning this game, right? No, lose every time. Uh, so it was yes. really funny to watch them as a result. Um, but now without Umti, they don't even get the lead. Like they don't even have like the early game pathing and shot calling to get the lead. And Morgan also looks worse. So literally some of their games are like four bots and Morgan playing jacks and split pushing while his entire base dies. It is it is depressing to watch Breon, let me tell you. Oh, by the way, you know how you guys all told me, like usual, I don't know why they do this, Monty. It's such a weird angle. You know, they all, if, if, if like, you know, when Flame back in the day, there was rumors he might go to TSM. They're like, that'll be Thorin's nightmare. It's like, why? Why would that change anything? So everyone did the same thing. When Reckless signed with T1, the challenger team, they were like, Thorin in shambles. I'll give you guys an update. In case you're wondering, Reckless has lost every single game so far. Uh, not every single game, every single series. They've lost the first three series and they are bottom of the challenger league. There you go. By the way, he actually did play quite well in some of the games, but that's irrelevant. He's lost all the games. So enjoy that, dickheads. Thorin in shambles. And then, by the way, are you ready, Monty? I'm just going to give you a little gift right here. I might actually do a Thorin versus Reddit and include some of these because the copium from 
reckless fans. It's mental, mate. Even in one of the threads about them losing these Challenger Series games, Monty, there was real copium where people suggested that there is now a greater than zero chance that T1 takes Reckless to Worlds and then puts him in a game so that then when they win Worlds, he gets a world skin. Right? If you can't see how mental you are that you're already projecting them to know they're going to win Worlds so they can throw early games, like you're actually, you've lost reality. Like the idea, one, he was ever even going to get put in the World Squad is mental. Two, the idea they would insert him for a game, you know nothing about Koreans. And three, then they're going to win Worlds as well. Like, Corpium, it's you that are in shambles, Reckless fans. The Corpium is so insane on this one. That is mental, mate. I don't think there's a 0% chance that they sub him in against like Breon and LCK, though. And LCK I don't think that's crazy. No one's risking a Worlds game. I don't know what the scenario is, mate. No one's doing that. Come on. No, they wouldn't do it at Worlds. But I do... I, I, but it's weird. Here's the, here's the scenario, Monty. If in like week 12, they're up and they've won like, you know, they've lost two series total and it's a mean... Yeah, they might give him like game two when they're up 1-0, right? Exactly. They might do that or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm with like, you on that one. If, if you're asking me like... Yes. If they're up 1-0 against like Breon or DRX... Do they consider putting in Reckless? I think they do. I would do it. That's not right? impossible. I mean, it'd be worth it just for the pop at that point. Exactly. It, you know? Right. Yeah, the hype. Yes. Um, so I, I would seriously consider that. I would seriously consider that. But you don't think he's getting a world skin? <laughs> getting a world skin. <laughs> yeah, you are so shameless, Reckless. Well, You're actually reverse engineering ways that Reckless wins a world skin in 2024. <laughs> you absolute rats. You are fucking disgraceful. Right. I mean, they wouldn't even take him as a substitute player. But I know. They, but they, 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 by the way, guys, as if they're going to burn a real substitute spot that they could actually use for like a player that might need to use. Like, by the way, what happens when you take Reckless as a meme substitute, Monty, and then Faker gets a hand injury in the middle yes, of the game? Exactly. Yeah, good luck. It's fucking <laughs> game over there. By the way, that's what gets everyone in the company fired as well if you do that. Like, I mean, that'll be game over. <laughs> not ironically, Thor, and this is not an ironic statement. If Faker got injured, probably the best person to replace him in mid would be Carrier. And so maybe Carrier, you do dude. take then maybe you do take <laughs> Give me a break. You don't, you don't. You still just use whoever the fucking academy sub supporters at that point in time. You just do, mate. You just do. Come on. Also, the idea they're gonna put in a player that speaks English and no fucking Korean. G give me a break. It's not even he, plausible, you idiots. It'd be might, a meme to do it. It's not even real. He might, he might not he might know enough Korean in ten months. I don't know. Give me a break. <laughs> find out soon this motherfucker couldn't speak in english to other people from his region and be reasonable like he's not speaking korean i'll tell you that right now mate. there's All no right. way I, I, i've i've had enough fun i've had enough fun torturing yeah. you with this idea now <laughs> obviously the joke is though in a way he already is preparing to play in another pro team because he already practices from a different room than the main t1 players doesn't he so you know he's already ready for it isn't he it's just like fanatic back in the days i won't tease too much more they'll I've got to, I've got to actually do that one properly, you know. <laughs> Dot the eyes, um, cross the T's, all that. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think also what fans are missing in that point, Thorin, is that this isn't worlds where you know you might in the old worlds groups you might have like a throwaway match or two at the end oh, of the group stage no, right? you might play like bangkok titans or something and you go who gives a fuck exactly yeah, you're, yeah. you're like five and oh and you play fucking bangkok titans and yeah. you've already secured first seed so you throw them in like imagine losing a game in swiss because oh, be you put them in it would be fucking yeah. it could like tank your entire tournament yeah. right so don't you don't do that. You play like fucking blg next game so you're out exactly like that's how you just what people don't realize is that like you're 
right. It's not even the right year. At least there were scenarios you could have contrived that it would happen. Now yeah. there are no games off. You have to just fucking go 100% of the game as G2 discovered. Yep. Yep. Right, any uh, more factors we need to discuss? Uh, I mean, I think KT looks, like I was saying, I think KT looks surprisingly good. Perfect's debut has been good. Uh, Lucid got fucking trolled by his team in that KT match. He played amazing and his team fucking ran it down, especially oh, in, the, completely. in the third game of that series. He did so well on the session. People will be like, oh, he got caught out. He got caught out at a time where they couldn't take any objective and it didn't matter. But in some of those team fights, man, he was he was really good. Um, oh, I so, can see why they promote this guy. It looks like a stud, doesn't he? Yeah, so I think you know the the people will be should keep track of the rookies. Lucid the jungler for D plus, and then perfect for KT. Perfect has yep. had some extremely oh, good games so yeah, far uh, that that have been very exciting to watch. Um, KT, you know, as long as Piotrek and Barrel can stay in form, could be good. But again, do do we really expect that to be the the consistent result? There have been zero times in Piotrek's career where he's been consistent. So why the fuck would it start now? Like, I think KT is probably, like, very optimistically the third best team in this league. I think most likely, you know, it's it's fourth or fifth. And there's a pretty hard line between D-plus, Gen-G, Hanwha Life, T1, and KT, and the bottom five. Like, there's a very clear delineation. And unfortunately, like, we would we hope that Kwangdong might take the next step because they have Cuz and Dudu was really good last year and Bulldog had some flashes, but Taeyun and Andal, their bottom lane are just garbage. So I don't think Taeyun guy is criminal, bit. He is fucking criminal. (laughs) I I think what's interesting is actually the Dark Horse team, like the sixth playoff team, might actually be Nongshim. Because Call Me has been pretty good. In the matches I've watched, Call Me and Jiwoo have been pretty good. And Dundun is like a pretty solid weak side, kind of like standard top lane player. And Sylvie has actually been really good as well. Uh, so Nongshim might actually be a little bit of a sleeper. Uh, Fear X, people might be hyping up after their last, ma- last match, but that was versus Breon. They played so badly against KT. Wait, I, f- I feel like there's some people still don't know this. The guy execute is Yonghoon from Astralis, if you don't yes. know that. He's plays yes. in LCK now, yeah. I mean, he's funny to watch. He is, because he's very Listen, aggressive, he does run it down in LCK. To be on there. This wasn't a great week for him. Let's put it out there, okay? There's, that's not his champion, Monty. It's not his champion. It's Pike Terrace, like me. Pike uh, yeah, well, when he tries to be a Renata Terrace and, like, flash handshakes in and dies, uh, you know. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it, it hasn't looked great for old Execute. Like, Execute and Clear have been quite bad on Virex. Um DRX might be the other team that eventually could do something because they have a bunch of rookie, like true rookie players in Pleta, Setab, and uh, Sponge. So if they have any development over the course of the year to kind of match Teddy and Rascal as more veteran players, then perhaps perhaps something interesting can happen. There. What's great about that team is you've got cynical, like Mad Lions-esque promotion of like, we'll just keep our players cheap from fucking academy level and then you've got two players Monty Rascal and Teddy who are just like permanent ELO hell players their whole careers <laughs> like Rascal's job is like I've got a solo kill but it's League of Legends 5v5 so I lose and then Teddy's job is like never get to a team fight you can carry doesn't matter like so like they haven't even got the right positions though but I know what you mean like if, if, assuming they have a reason to have faith in these players beyond saving money 
I mean, at least it is like a coherent team. Like they've played together before, some of them. So there's maybe a little bit of hope to hold out there. I mean, the I'm also rookie... just a Teddy style. I don't even care, man. I just always love that guy's style of play. <laughs> even though he just played the boring style, he plays it well. Yeah, and and DRX, like the three players they brought in, in jungle, mid, and support, have been playing on the DRX. They've been part of the DRX think, farm, farm system. Say that, I think Brendan Valdez said on like a show idea, I think he said that like Sponge was the one that people said was going to be good or something. Uh, I don't I know. I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert in the challenger scene. He he was know. casting those games last year, so he would know much better than me. Watch. Yeah, so it, Sponge has been pretty good on the Maokai, admittedly. But anyway, um, DRX at least, like, it doesn't feel super doomed like Breon because we know what we know all these fucking guys on Brian like effort is the worst player in this league. He's never going to be good guys. Like he's never going to be good. He sucks. And so I, at least you can hold out hopium for DRX because they have three true rookies and we haven't seen these guys before. And that feels like clearly the ceiling has to be higher. My joke with effort always goes like this, right? If someone's a really good player, Monty, if I ask you, Who's that player? The first thing you go is, oh, he's a fucking beast. Like, you know, engaged player, plays the Thresh and the fucking Pike and the Leona. No, what's the first thing anyone says? Let's see if you can just guess, right? Put yourself in the mind of a fan. If I said to you, who is effort? What would be the one first thing everyone says? The ends. <laughs> no, the joke is they wouldn't even talk. They would just go, he used to play on T1. That's it. They oh, don't even yes. say he's a good player. He just, to this day, lives off the fact that once upon a time, on yes. the not-as-good lineups, he played for T1. That's it. He gets to die out on that forever, even though, one, he was one of the most criminal players in that fucking T1 yeah. lineup. Two, there's a reason he doesn't play for top teams. And three, I don't even know. He was never that great then. He's definitely not a good player now. Mate. He's just nothing now. He's just a whatever player. And he, it's actually The joke is he's actually got to be one of the worst players to play for T1. Like, it's actually kind of true. Yeah. It was this fucking guy, just whatever. <laughs> and then, as I said, there he is, Lord Morgan. Finally ready for his own trophy <laughs> arc where he's the one trapped in Elo Hell as other people in him. I mean, he oh, hasn't calm. even looked good. You like a bit of comedy, you Morgan, little bitch. <laughs> he hasn't. I, I mean, just, he has I just hold against him forever what he did to Chorvey, mate. I'll never, I'll never <laughs> forgive him for that. That team was so brutal, that one. I couldn't handle it. Uh, he's he's not even he's not even good right now, right? So unfortunately, a lot of the the power that it's he all had in last Chris season in that team, mate. You just have to pray <laughs> that Karis guy carries a game, basically. That's your only <laughs> chance, I think. Maybe he can carry one game or two. Yeah. All right. So I think I think that's pretty much it for the teams this week. Lots to discuss, obviously, with all the news uh, coming out, especially with the the craziness that happened over in the LCK got to some of the teams and um, we'll, uh, I think we'll take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we'll do if you don't like the show, don't tune out, watch it even more religiously. <laughs> and in doing so represent fans who don't like the show by watching the show and encouraging <laughs> us to make more of the thing you don't like. That's League of Legends eSports for you. That's right. You're really pushing the envelope by uh, continuing to consume our exactly. content that you actively don't like and therefore yeah. giving us not at all good PR in terms of higher viewership. So there you go. Exactly. All right, guys, there we'll take go. a quick break and then we'll be back. Right, we are back for viewer questions or 
viewer questions, as El Yoya calls it. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the Spanish crowd who's now joining us in esports. Watch all these videos. Definitely not misusing YouTube functions to fuck with the video. Don't do that at all. Why would you? Be cool, people. Anyway, if you are indeed a viewer or a new viewer or an old viewer, one of the long-time viewers, a viewer that wants to ask a question of us as they view this show, then do so by submitting your viewer question in the viewer, written in English as viewer, questions channel on our Discord last week next year, where if you subscribe, you too can both support us and ask viewer questions. So what are the viewers been asking? That's what <laughs> Our viewers have been asking. Uh, we we only have a short time to do this today, guys, because I, right. I am very, very, very tired from having a newborn, and uh, I need okay. to sleep at some point so I don't die. And it's currently 11.15 p.m. my time, and I can't live on gamer hours anymore because I have kids. So uh, we'll do a few. Okay. What are the okay. best and worst traditional foods you have ever tried from any culture? Best and worst. I mean, I know the answer to this immediately. So worst was that fucking Icelandic shark. I don't know if you know what this is, that horrible fermented shark. Oh, so they, it's kind of like what they do in Sweden, the Surma Strong type thing, where you intentionally let it rot, basically. And the idea is it's like an absurd, like, I imagine that's the most specialist flavor in the world, right? I think it probably <laughs> sounds horrible. I imagine it's really shit, right? The smell of this thing alone is appalling. They make you want to vomit. Yes. And the, imagine. The, the, the Icelandic shark, horrible. Um, on a more low-key, that was by far the worst, by the way. On a more low-key level, now that I'm in Korea, bundegi, which are silkworm pupae, are also very Jesus. gross. Like, Jesus. I, don't, I don't necessarily have an issue eating insects. Like, I like Mexican roasted crickets in small quantities with, like, a glass of mezcal. I think it's fine. But, like, the, the silkworm pupae are just gross, <laughs> and they taste bad. <laughs> so it's a, it's a delicacy in Korea. Um, they are bad. <laughs> That's the part I can't handle. It would make sense, Monty, if it, like, you know, contained something where it tasted like the greatest Belgian chocolate. And it's like, yeah, it looks gross, but, like, wow, the flavor. The idea, it tastes bad as well. Like, you're, you're, this is like caviar. Like, I'm not fucking eating it. You can keep the shit. I don't give a fuck. Have it all. There you go. It's all for you. I'm missing out. Oh, bloody hell, I'm missing out. Again. I mean, be best best traditional foods. I, I eat a ton of traditional foods from and cook them from many cultures. So, I don't know. There's tons of good ones. I, I don't know what the best one is. But the worst, I can tell you the worst one. The worst one is that Icelandic shark. That is the worst one. <laughs> Do you have a worst one? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I'm assuming when they mean traditional, they mean not our own culture. Like, by the way, right. I actually do think just like a hearty Irish stew is one of my go-to foods. You can't really go wrong with that if you do it right. Yeah, it's not going to be the greatest meal of all time, but the flaw is fucking excellent on something like that. So that's a good... But if we're going like foreign countries, it probably would be something like Korean barbecue meat. I actually think for it, it's my favorite food. I think it's fucking banging. Meanwhile, if I'm going with traditional ones I don't like, I told people before, I just don't like Mexican food in general. So those are the ones that it's quite controversial, but I, I just don't fan mate it doesn't do it for me i love that even though it's so much like, like one of my problems with mexican food is like this as well i like it to be spicy but with like a flavor the spice they put in is just burning mate it's just heat like i want it to be enjoyable they just put heat in i hate that that's not my style tastes good to me <laughs> yeah, i like you've been there less you just blasted all your taste buds out your head so you're like oh this is all right it's like yeah okay put another fucking rpg in there uh Next. if you if you guys were on an episode of Would I Lie to You, what is a true story you would tell that no one would believe was true, preferably esports related? 
I mean, I could actually do this. Actually, I could do. I actually did a tweet like this recently. I actually technically played one professional game of Counter Strike because I played at a major, but it was a CPL where it was an open one, so anyone could register. I played at a major, one game ever, one map. In this map, I was playing against players who, two years earlier, two or three of them had been some of the best players in North America. They were washed at this point in time, and in this one game, even though I was using someone else's keyboard and mouse, and this was in America, it was like a dream. And I actually carried and won like three 1v1s or something against like former pro players. My team lost in overtime. And that was the only game I ever played ever of professional esports. And I was the shit. So you know what, guys? I am that motherfucker who could You know what? You all dream. You walk in the game. I did it, motherfucker. That sounds fake, doesn't it? Sounds like a lie. But I don't lie. Even though on that show, you actually have to lie. But there's a good one. There's a good one for you. The problem, the problem is, is that... Uh... Most of the stories we would tell are not appropriate to be made public. <laughs> sure. Sure. No, but here's the thing. For you, there must be one where like, you could tell something about your life or something. I'm sure there's some angle that people wouldn't know about you that would like, surprise them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, actually. Is that some like, secret I, thing you've revealed to people? I, I'm thinking. I, I mean, I've been pretty open about my past. Oh, is the thing enough. like even like my non esports okay. stuff? I, I've discussed in like interviews with you or interviews with other people at length. Uh, and I'm trying to think of something because it, it says preferably esports oh, related. So you know when people know that famous image that people put on the internet of you where you have the leather jacket and the long hair. Oh, when yeah. you when you were in that era, I'll give you one. You tell me if, if how much we can say about this. I'm sure in this era, Monty wasn't this like buttoned up professional in the same way. I imagine you were a bit wilder. Maybe you had a party <laughs> side to you, Monty. Perhaps. I, I don't I know. Told, I could I told imagine you. you in some sort of a club with like fucking nine inch nails playing, and you're like, "Hey, baby, what's going on?" Like, there wasn't any of that going on. Come on. Um, I mean, I told you that that was that was the era when I was like tasing myself by making a stun gun onto I, a hammer with me old here. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I I I did go. I, I was I was not very good at following the rules. I I'm not good at that now okay i just do it differently it was more sort of the sons of anarchy monty in some ways right the the motorcycles i mean I, the motorcycle jacket and yeah yeah no it's definitely i was definitely like i think i think people would be surprised that i did have like the motorcycle jacket like long hair more punk rock oh. era looking at me now yeah yeah like me metal punk rock i was definitely like fan of that kind of music um i was definitely pretty far out there compared to some of my peers at the schools I went to. Uh, Thorin mentioned that Caria was one of the cutest esports players. Name the top five cutest lol esports players of all time. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, most so. adorable the, thing. the reason this is actually a good one is obviously there are loads of like korean and chinese players who did just look hella cute who just look had like like neoteny they had like the child face didn't they where they looked super super adorable like i'm trying to think of one now fucking who would we go with for this i mean young loco doko has to be in there right come on <laughs> The, Listen, the people emo, don't know the 2011 emo now. phase. Yeah. If you go back to when he had like that proper emo hair, yeah. he actually, yeah, he, he, he had the look down. He did he yeah. nailed the look? I'll give him that. Yeah, he's uh, up there um, for sure. Peanut on oh, the Rocks Tigers. Peanut on the oh, Rocks Tigers definitely qualifies. 
Yes. I mean, Peanut had that thing where the joke, he's a mega veteran now. It's like he permanently looked like he was like 15 for about five years, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's hella cute. Oh, by the way, I did. I brought that re- reflections out on Christmas Eve. Watch from fucking Najin back in the oh, day. Yeah, Probably one true. of the cutest players of all time. True. By the way, <laughs> it's one of the ones where if you've been to Korea, you actually know what the difference in good looking. Because you know the famous con- concept that people who are a bit blind to like the different types of Koreans can't quite tell. He is really good looking even for Koreans, guys. He is. I've met him in real life. He is actually really good looking. Yeah. He's he's legit. He is hella. Flame, obviously, my my boy Flame. Sure, yeah. Back in the day. If we're going old school. Those are Look, good ones. Not in necessarily a way that I like. I'll say Looper was pretty cute. I mean, every time I saw him, I wanted to put my arm around him and go, it's going to be all right. Listen, stop this. We'll make it. It's okay. Because he just always looked like a sad sack, didn't he? Like, oh, buddy. Oh, sad. There you uh, go. There's a few. All right. Next question. Orion is a great name. Congrats, Monty. I agree. On that topic, what are your top three boy and girl names for both Monty and Thorin? I was actually talking about this on my stream today, so this is very easy for me to respond to, especially because I've had to name people. So now I have. <laughs> I, I, so here, here, I'll tell you the story about why I couldn't name my kids what I wanted to name them. <laughs> so uh, I am a big fan of the the middle high German grail epic poem Parsifal, which is the German name of Percival, the one of the Knights of the Round Table. And so I wanted to name my kid Percival. But the problem with this is that if you say Percival in Korean, it sound, you have to say it per shipal, and shipal means fuck. So oh, right. I, I couldn't right. name my kid that. Um, and so even though you call him Percy for short or whatever, so I, I, Percival was out. Percival was uh, tragically out. Oh, and you um, also said Perseus on the last one. That was another I one said you Perseus. Had, right? So I wanted Perseus because I could still call him Percy. Right. But it was also a Greek name, like, plus, you know, if you have a kid named Perseus, you can buy them all kinds of cool Medusa shit. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's fun things you can do with, like, buying your kid stuff, you know? Um, So I was I was into that. Um, But my wife said no, because she didn't like the short version Percy. And we were trying to find names that, you know, either sounded kind of normal on their own or could be shortened to something normal. Um you know, I, I, I might have named one of my kid Aurelius if I had been given my own, you know, left to my own devices and just called him Lee or something like that for short. Uh, but I wanted Percival really badly and I liked Perseus a lot. So those are some of the boys names. But Orion's still a Greek name from Greek mythology and I like it a lot. And it's something that everybody knows how to pronounce because it's a very common uh, also star constellation. So that one was really good, I thought. We agreed on that one. Uh, as for girls' names... I think probably would have we would have also gone kind of there were there were kind of two there were a couple names that my wife and I were talking about. Two of them were Greek mythology related. So one was Calliope, who's the lead muse, um, and then Callisto, and then uh, from Shakespeare Cordelia, which could be shortened to like so the first two could be shortened to Callie, and then the third one could be shortened to Cordelia. Um, so those were. Those were names that we considered, but it was like a lot of, for me, it was like a lot of mythological names or classic names or Shakespeare names. Um, We talked about Oberon for this kid as well. Those are some of them. No, here's the thing. I would probably use a similar thing because I would try and pick the name based on like referring to some, ideally fictional one's a good one. Something that I like sort of would want them to, like I'll give you an example. I, I think a cool name would be something like Valiant. Sure. What a cool first name that would be, right? Pretty dope. 
So I'd pick someone like that. There you go. Not <laughs> Valorant. <laughs> not Valorant. Valiant. I I, th I think I think uh, Von Miller named his kid Valor. <laughs> okay. On that line. <laughs> similar similar thought process. That's a good one. I've always thought the maddest one is definitely the ones where some of those NFL players. You know when they'll they're like them Steve and they have like seven kids called like Steve Steve Senior Steve Junior Steve Steve and then like Steve Arino and then like Steve <laughs> Steve if it's like a girl you know the ones that go absolutely mad like that I love that shit it's so crazy isn't it? I don't know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, yeah. Uh, also, Val is a good short form of that, too. Like Val Kilmer, right? It's good. Uh, what, what sort of humans eats baked beans before the hour of 12 p.m. with a roof on top of their head and with no barbecue to accompany Should it? Tell you the answer. <laughs> the people that made it possible for your country to exist, they were your people, you idiots. But your people became traitors and terrorists and turned against them, and now you eat the bean at a different time of day and think you're superior. You lose. The beans win. Long may the beans prevail. The beans are not dead. Long live the beans. Okay, there you go. The beans should only be eaten outside. And not for breakfast, as as God intended. You know, just because the British were using them improperly before, thank God, America figured out how to free the baked beans and use them in their proper manner. Uh, is there any food you miss from earlier in your life that is no longer accessible to you for some reason? Oh, there's loads. Are you ready for why, Monty? This might All actually right. be a bizarre thing. It won't take long. But basically, there's two things happened. One is that in the modern day, obviously, things like artificial sweeteners are very, very cheap. So they're a way to cut costs on a product. That's and then true. two... In the UK specifically, they've done a law in the last few years, Monty, called a sugar levy, where if you put too much sugar into a product, you have to pay extra tax, basically. So instead, this is the nightmare fuel. They take products, Monty, that were full sugar ones, and they just put like half sugar, half artificial sweetener in the full sugar one. So now, essentially, if you liked like the things I liked when I was a boy, spoiler, I was in the worst era ever for food standards. So like the things I was drinking were like blue chemical weird things that like don't have any. <laughs> Any fruit or human thing ever touched it and it's all fucked up but the real problem with this monty is one they made the flavors hella delicious probably gave you cancer as well and two they put a fork ton of sugar in that bad boy monty and that's why it tasted like the shit well the problem in the modern days even the same product that looks the same tastes nothing like it did when you were a kid because they just put, don't put the sugar in and now they use even more cynical chemicals so unfortunately essentially a lot of the things actually that I used to be sort of my like guilty pleasures as a kid in terms of snacks of foods just either aren't sold or they're kind of ruined so yeah there's a little anecdote for you sad i guess i don't really really i guess i don't really miss any foods if i think about things that were discontinued from when i was a kid the the soda surge comes to mind uh yeah, which is like a very like? like 90s like high caffeine soda if you know it you oh, know it's, it. like it's like it's a bit like jolt cola it's, then, like, it's more thing. like mountain dew yeah something like that right but okay. I have a feeling like if I drank it, I don't even drink soda now, so I probably wouldn't even drink it now, but it did exist okay. at the time and I did like it. <laughs> um, but I, I don't really think back and be like, oh, I really want that thing, especially because we never really had a lot of those old sugar things in America because they, it was always corn syrup. It was just corn syrup all the way right. down. So like Coke tastes way better in Korea because it uses real fucking sugar, right? It tastes like shit yeah, yeah. in America. So. Oh, that's why the Mexican sword is the famous import in oh, America. Yeah. It is yeah, the shit. Much it tastes better. delicious. It's much yeah. better. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, can you guys ever recall in both the NFL and esports, or another sports league that comes to mind, where a team starts off so well, equals this season with a ten and one record, and then literally just systematically falls apart and turns into a shit team? And regardless of what you both pick for these two answers, what factors do you think lead to that kind of collapse happening in sports? Is it due to coaching, players becoming lazy, unmotivated, or another reason? I, I think the Eagles just quit this year. That's the sense I get from them. There's no reason that they would have been as good as they were getting to the Super Bowl last year and then getting to 10-1 and one this year. I just have a feeling that they had locker room poison or something like that. That's that's what I feel like. I mean, if he's trying to give examples, there's loads of examples. I mean, all you need to do is pick like those teams in the circuit where they start awesome in spring and then fall off. Like, if people remember how about in season eight, when like King's Zone or whatever it was, where Card yep. was like the shit and go down, and then they didn't make worlds. They finished like fourth <laughs> or something over, like, what the fuck? Like, that team was considered the number one team in the world, and then what else he cared? Like, they went to nothing. So, there's definitely teams where you just start out bad in spring and then you fall off. That's up like Lords and League. Yeah. How about that origin team in the first season of the G2 Super Team when the first split they were in the finals yeah. and they didn't make the playoffs in summer? They fell apart completely. That was a nightmare <laughs> one for you. Yeah, there, there have been like, some pretty good iterations of that, at least, yeah, in League of Legends. Um, and I think There'll it's definitely just a- be some in the NFL. It's more just we'd have to go look at the season. Because the other reason in the NFL you could easily do it is you just need a team that was in like a bad division and got like the easy strength of schedule yeah, first, yeah, yeah. pumped up the record, but then just went to shit when you played the real teams in it. Like that happens sometimes. You do get that sometimes. The Eagles did feel like different than a lot of traditional sports teams. Like the fall off yeah, was very severe. And very oh, man, bizarre. That playoff game was fucking shocking. Remember, before that, the one thing a Jalen Hurts team could do is they were going to get rushing touchdowns for free. They couldn't. They were fucking couldn't buy a touchdown in that game. It was insane, wasn't it? I even the even the Super Bowl last year, like their their pass rush just completely fell apart. It, and like that, they were known for their success in like getting sacks, and they just completely shit the bed in the Super Bowl. It was very the whole thing has been very weird to watch. Uh, it, it's almost I think. I think it it has to be at some level of a coaching issue too. You can't take a squad that talented and then like, you know, something weird must have been happening in the locker room for sure. Uh, you guys often mention how much money co-streamers like Ellis Dom and Cadrill make. So my question is, how can Dom not afford to buy the guests on his stream functioning microphones? <laughs> I don't know, man. He just doesn't care. <laughs> he should do that though. For like, sure. if he's if he's yeah. gonna have like the Dom posse, he definitely should like figure out that situation. Oh no, M- M- Monty. Let's be real. If you were any of these people and you had the kind of budget and stuff. You wouldn't just be still in the same fucking room. You'd have made like a whole studio, right? You'd have done, you'd have leveled all that shit up, right? Thorne, I didn't even have that budget. And when I was in LA, I had a multi-camera setup with a 10 foot by 14 foot green screen that I could use and stand in. Okay, so it's not that expensive, number one, and especially not expensive for these co-streamers. And number two, I had it. You've seen it. <laughs> you know, especially at my world's co-streams, not this past year, but the year before at the at the end of 2022. You saw I had like a couch set up. We had multiple guests with wireless mics, multiple different camera angles, everybody able to go onto the green screen. I had a fucking baller set up. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you guys are asking about Dom's, like Dom buying mics for other people. How about Dom gets a camera angle that isn't like in the rafters looking down at him? It is weird he does that streamer <laughs> angle still, isn't it? At all. 
Sometimes people do like the odd reflections when they do that angle. I'm just like, why is this not just head on? What are we doing here? Like, what is this weird angle? Okay, fair enough. Whatever. Uh, what are some you had to be there moments? Fakeria 1v1, Cold Zero Jumping, 5K, Praise Arrow in esports that are underrated and less often considered for the highlight reels. So I guess like really memorable plays that aren't quite as well known as those ones. I mean, when he says like had to be there, the real problem with almost any of those moments is none of them work in the replay the same way. Because like, for example, some of the ones he's picking there, like they blow your mind when they happen live. Like if you go into it sort of knowing what happened, you'll never be able to experience it the same way. Like the joke about the fake Ryu's Z1v1 is it's actually a way less impressive play if you like stop it, take it out of context, examine it and look at what they did. And they even miss loads of the abilities and skills. Like they both fuck up a bunch of times. But because it was game five and it was a blind pick game and it was to make the champion and at the time, these two teams were both could be the best team in Korea it was the context that made it fucking insane and the fact this faker guy was just popping off and he's a rookie still the actual play itself isn't even close to the best play in League of Legends it's not it wouldn't even be top 50 guys but like and that's why you had to be there because the moment it was happening it was so out of nowhere that it was kind of crazy like everyone did lose their mind in the moment I would say one that's underrated is probably the uh, the the T1KT finals where uh, Faker played Riven into Nognes Cassiopeia and then tower dove him because you have to understand that like Riven mid wasn't played and then he was completely shitting on him. And that is probably one of the all time like great finals moments in League of Legends history. And I, I guess it, it requires some context just because you have to know that Riven was such a weird pick at that time. Um, and it looks more normal now. But at the time it was like amazing. And people have to remember, this is only in 2015. And remember, they'd won the spring split without even using Faker in the finals. They just beat the G Tigers with like fucking easy hoon. So actually, if you're Faker, this is when you're then re-establishing yourself as the best Korean player. And when he did that move, Monty, where he fucking sidestepped the ult from Cassiopeia, yes. that was like one of those oh, he's great. him moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah. God. It was like Neo <laughs> wake up in the Matrix. Like, oh, yeah. he actually is just the greatest player to ever play. Fair enough. Because yeah. it was also a finals, guys. He was just smurfing on a finals. Yeah, he just like rolled. <laughs> Dog day. <laughs> it was dope, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was dope. There's obviously lords in CS anyway. Go to the next one. It's all good. Uh, what is an unknown fact about a player coach, the wider public that recontextualizes their entire career or some of their most defining moments? For example, Young Buck achieving the results he got with Fnatic roster despite having the Herculean task of managing the egos of Bwipo, Reckless, and Nemesis. <laughs> That does sound All hellish. I'll say about that one is this. <laughs> look at Fnatic teams after Youngbug. The guy was a genius, mate. Look how he held that together. He had them right poised to win championship. The best ever G2. And he had them in like world's playoffs. It's like, what more do you want? The guy was a fucking killer. No, it's like that. It's what it's usually the ones like that that are probably the weirdest ones where you don't know behind the scenes like the team. Like there's been teams before, Monty, where like some of them were gonna like break the lineup up if they lost the next game and then you know they won the game and became like a dominant team in history. Oh, there's some mad ones in history. I'm trying to think for like players though, if there's a really good angle. So I can't, I will say what happened, but I'm not going to say the game or the team. Okay. <laughs> because this is just the kind of crazy shit that goes on behind the scenes in esports that you can't really talk about. But this happened many years ago at this point in time. And I feel comfortable saying what happened without explaining like who it was that was involved because that context isn't necessary but this is this is an example of things that happen in esports i was casting 
And I happen to know that the reason behind the team's poor performance was because they were having a team-wide crisis where one of their players was basically being held hostage by his girlfriend who was threatening to commit suicide and so was pulling this player like away from practice and like consuming all of the time and was creating a, a pretty serious, you know, potential implication for the entire team and the, their player's personal life. And like this is kind of the stuff that sucks as a caster because when you know some of this stuff is going on and you have to just sit there and be like, I wonder why this good team is suddenly bad. Uh, it, it fucking blows. And then you know what happens too is that the players are getting flamed because they're underperforming and like you know the reasons. Um, but you can't say them. It was bad. It was very bad. Fortunately, nobody did commit suicide. I will say that. The situation was eventually diffused, but not before severely impacting this team's performance. Bad play? Do you guys like stew? If so, what is your favorite type of stew? <laughs> I actually had some stew for dinner. <laughs> I, well, I, I think had... people miss about stew is this, Monty. Like I said, first of all, it's a mad flurry as a food. Like if you do it well, all you have to be able to do is cook some fucking meat, gravy, potatoes. And you, you've, you've done it already. A little bit of veg. And then secondly, if you know some of the tricks like the Monty knows about the little things you do that make it tastier, you can make it really delicious. Like you can make that gravy so it's like, like I say, so hearty. You feel like fucking hell, I feel amazing <laughs> after eating that. Feels yeah. awesome, doesn't it? So I had some stew for dinner tonight, actually. Uh, I made a so what I did was before I had this kid, I made a fuck ton of food and then froze it so I wouldn't have to cook as much. Oh, Stu's was... also got to be one of the best to freeze and un un unfreeze and heat back up again. That's why I awesome. made it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It actually tastes better the longer it's been kind of like aging. All oh, right. Um. Yeah. Like eating stew when you just make it is never as good as like the third day after you've made it. It's been like sitting in your fridge for a while, like just you know fermenting. Um, so anyway, I put it in the, I threw some in the freezer. So this stew I made with a bunch of like, you want to use like the slow cook cuts of beef. I think I used eye of round, uh, for this beef stew. So if you want like, don't the, know, oftentimes in Ireland or England, you'll use like braised beef or something you've like cooked yeah, over yeah, the yeah, ages. Yeah, yeah, like, you put it for like hours and hours. So and yeah, it'll yeah. fall apart when you get but, to the meat. Yes. But you yes. want the cuts. So, you know, the thing about beef is like, the really beefy beef, like the really deep flavor beef, is the stuff that is often very tough if you don't slow cook it and braise it very slowly over time. Yes. So it's like short ribs and, you know, these kind of, you know, brisket and these kind of cuts. Um, and so the the eye of round, I, I put it in there. Did I use eye of round? I don't remember what I used. Um, so I I like, you know seared it on all sides, like caramelized it on the outside, chucked it in there, put a bunch of beef broth and mushrooms and onions and carrots and uh, potatoes and bay leaves and, you know, various spices in there, thyme, rosemary, all of that stuff. And then I pressure cooked it in an instant pot. Uh, and I put tomatoes in there as well. And uh, tonight I, cause you can eat stew in a lot of ways. You can eat it by itself, put on mashed potatoes. I put it tonight on egg noodles and it was delicious especially because it's really fucking cold in Korea right now. It's like negative 10 Celsius. 
Uh, it was like, I don't know, 17 degrees Fahrenheit today. Oh, one of the best feelings ever is coming in when it's cold and eating some really warm, like that sort <laughs> the of hearty exactly meal. Yes. So yeah, I pulled, I pulled some out of the freezer yes. today and uh, put it over some egg noodles and it was delicious. Oh, red wine, obviously it's a red wine reduction. You have to get the red wine in there. It tastes well, Of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I, I, it's real good. Are there any games you would introduce to your children that you think would greatly increase their ability to succeed in life? I mean, I assume he means like esports game. I do think, like for example, like an education, something like chess, is probably good for oh, certain amazing. types of thinking and planning. But assuming he means esports games, I'm not really sure because the problem with esports games, I feel like, is even though in theory I could see how they could be used to like explain certain lessons in life, like how you need to go in, but you need to go in with the support of your team. And the, but the problem is when I say all that, Monty, I just think of all the esports people I've known though, and they seem to just get very specifically good only at the game without taking any of their life lessons. So that's the only thing that scares me is a lot of them seem totally ill, ill-equipped to live life, but they're awesome at these games. So I do get a bit worried in that sense. Maybe, maybe if I had some sort of didactic way to teach them using the game, you know. Maybe if it was their only skill, but I think for me at least, Playing like StarCraft Brood War and Warcraft 3 growing up was, I don't know, I wouldn't be the same person because basically, you know, doing the thinking about the game strategically and like breaking it down and really learning it in depth, like prepared me for success in a lot of later life because it is all thinking strategically. It is thinking in terms of minutia. It's trying to trick your opponent. It's having feints. Like I think RTS games one-on-ones are amazing for that. And they also force you to confront your flaws. Because you can't just be like, oh, I can't believe my my support inted. Time to queue up for another and never think about what I did wrong that game. It's like you just see a fat L on your screen and you're like, well, shit, I have to get better. Right. I The only thing that that caused that L, you either do one of two things. You either say fucking Protoss OP or you're like, I, I have to like review the VOD and get better. So I think especially what RTS taught me was that. I have to go over my own work and improve and like I it it has to be internalized. I can't just externalize and project all my problems. Um and I think in general like there are a lot of good board games and stuff. Uh I mean I think games are amazing are amazing at teaching people things. So, I I I love playing board games. I think I think games in general even sports, sports are games and they teach you about teamwork and perseverance and I think I think games are some of the best teaching tools there are, frankly. Poker probably a good one too. Yeah. Teach them concepts, bluffing, when to how to read people. Yeah, stuff like that. I think I'd pick. All right, next uh, one. All right, we'll do we'll do two more questions. What are some of the things that you should endeavor to never grow out of in spite of societal pressure? Like what does society tells you tell you you need to grow out of? All right, I'll give you an example. I actually think here's the problem. It's t- the reason it's complicated to say this is because one thing I actually despise about modern culture is the absurd like tilt towards the otony where you notice people do co- use copium monty and try and tell themselves that when they're 50 50 is the new 40 and 40 is the new 30 and so really like i can still be wild and out there and dating people it's like i think that's actually quite pathetic people who just extend like being 20 till they're like 50 i don't yeah, like that aspect but i do think the notion 
counter to that, that when you get over the age, I think they've made the year 30 now, mate. People start talking like once you're 31, like, ah, back hurts. But then again, I'm old. It's like, no, 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 no. That's totally a problem with your lifestyle. That's nothing to do with your back, mate. Like you probably need to exercise or be in better shape or something. Like that's the thing I hate, Monty, is when people act like once you get to like 30 or 40, it's like you're supposed to believe life's over and I could never do anything else. I could never start a business. I could. You can still, there's still essentially, I, I think you should still have a young person's mentality to like, it's still possible to do new endeavors and to level up or pivot or, I hate it when people think they're too old for that because like I say, it feels like the age they're doing that on gets younger and younger now. Like people talk like, I was a peer group of like, um, like 35 now, like bro, you can still be having a totally active lifestyle doing all sorts of shit. Like it's not over for you. I mean, people play professional sports into their 40s. Like, come on. (laughs) People can do triathlons into like their 70s. (laughs) You know, if you could, if some people could do triathlons at like 70, you know, you can do some exercise at 35. (laughs) Yes. Do you have one then? I think think like genuinely showing enthusiasm and joy in certain situations, like I feel like people you think everyone often, becomes bitter and cynical or something. No, it's it's like I I think it's frowned upon to like really show that you're excited about something or like you know really be engaged with something right okay. that you're excited about. Like, and I think that 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 is shamed as you get older. Like it's almost like oh you're losing your dignity by being excited about something fun that's happening around you and. You know, you're not supposed to have like that childlike sense of joy. And I think that's lame. <laughs> I think that's lame. Uh, sauna question. Both of you have lived in Korea. And if I recall right, Thorin has also lived in Finland. Have you lived in Finland? Yeah, for three months. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It was a long time ago. It was in 2004. Uh, assuming you've tried both, which style sauna do you find more enjoyable? Finnish? Or Korean. I've also been in Finnish saunas and Korean. I mean, the Finnish one is kind of a classic one. I do like the Finnish one. It is good. I listen. I'm not as big a fan as they are. Like, I don't like it when they make it too hot and they just keep going with the heat like that. That gets too much eventually. But and also they are ridiculous. So they are doing all the dangerous shit, like drinking vodka while in the sauna, while lying back, potentially passed out. Like, essentially, like they are just gambling, (laughs) getting zero chance. You just die in the sauna. So I'm not a fan of that part. But I did like the sauna. I do. I, I will say the thing about the sauna, if you've never done it before, is bizarrely, even though you're sweating, unlike when you sweat normally, it actually does feel very cleansing. You, instead of feeling all grammy, you feel awesome, actually. It feels, it does feel as though, look, I don't know if it's like toxins and all that bullshit, but like, it feels like it does something to you and it does feel like it expresses something through your skin. So I did like that, whereas here's the problem with the Korean one, Monty. I don't have anything against Korean, like, I actually think Korean spas are awesome, but there are certain spas that you've got to know this detail. This is the nightmare fuel, and we'll end on a funny anecdote. I didn't know, though, Monty, that there are some spas are strictly sex segregated. So I went to one with, let's say, a girlfriend at the time, thinking this is going to be brilliant. Because I'd been to Boo somewhere. I'd like a family spa where, you know, you right, spend yeah, all day yeah, inside. Yeah. It's actually sick. Yeah. Like, it's that one that yeah, Luke went to if people saw. It's fucking the shit. You can go to all, you know, you can go to, like, lion beds, massage, pool. I went to one where we went in. So I thought, right, I'll see you in there. And when I went in, the joke was, by entering these two different doors, we never met again. It was totally segregated. <laughs> And so it was just Oops. me on my own on the male side. And then when I would do stuff like go in the steam room, it was just a load of like 60-year-old Korean men 24-7 sneak looking at my dick all the time. <laughs> all the fucking time. And, and like I say, they were looking like, and then I'd just see them every time I would like look away like... <laughs> 
Because listen, I can't lie, I'm sure it was novel. I'm sure they were like, oh, look at that. But fucking hell, that was probably one of the most uncomfortable experiences I've ever had, Monty. Like, I left it about 20 minutes in. I sent a message, see you when you finished. Like, I can't, I'm not fucking staying there for three hours. Um, so I I like both. Uh, I, I to your to your point about the Korean sauna. Usually they have se- they have gender segregated areas, but they also have areas where you go out and can be together. Yes, in, yeah, sure. you have like shorts and a t shirt that they give you, and so you can go eat food together, like play arcade games, or go to the PC bong, or like you know uh, go to like co ed saunas. Yeah, yeah. So there there you can do both things. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I got to look at that one. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I love. I do. So the experience of going to a Korean sauna is more complete because there's more like stuff to do and different kinds of sauna rooms and everything like that at Korean sauna. But if I had to just pick one room, I fucking love Finnish saunas. So I am all about it being so fucking hot that what I like in a sauna is when I can walk out and I can put roll my finger down my arm and just have like all of the top layer of my skin peel off. You know what okay. I mean? Where it's like you're actually like burning the top layer of your skin off and like getting all of that. It like it like cleanses you like, you know, get all the new skin opened up underneath. It is great. I love it when my nostrils just burn. I love it when my ears burn. So you don't like the really hot shit. I love the really hot shit. And then I I love the I love. The cold plunge after. Mate, if you think that's bad, I once also, just as a random aside, this wasn't in Korea, I once went for a haircut at a place, right, where it was a guy who I guess is like a famous haircut, I won't say where, but I guess it's one of those ones, Monty, where you're not really going to get your stance, more like he just does whatever he wants on you, right? So this guy starts doing this haircut, it's all going well, he's doing like a good cut, and out of nowhere, he does that thing, he doesn't even do any warning, Monty, he just out of nowhere, I'm just sat there, like in the chair, he just suddenly, out of nowhere, shoves two of those things with that like hot wax up my nose and into my ears to get the hair out. And the yeah. second those went in, I've never had that done before, Monty. I was so scared. I was thinking, wait a minute, is he going to rip the hairs out? When he just shoved those in without warning. And I was like, what happens now? And then I knew he's coming. Now I will say he was a pro, so it doesn't hurt actually. You know, it like rips it off in a way where it like comes out super yeah, yeah. quick and the hair goes. He did do it well, but I was so scared in that moment. I, like that, I thought like, well, what can I even do? They're in now. I'm fucked now, aren't I? When does this go after this? Or, anyway, that's just a random other anecdote there for you. Wish I could have seen it. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to film all this shit. It'd be straight fire content, wouldn't it? I know it'd have like 100k views. Um, so, yeah, the I do love, like, really, really hot saunas, like the finish too. And then I love, like, going outside and then jumping in a snowbank or, like, a ice Oh, you actually do the creek. snow angels or whatever. Oh, right? I fucking okay. love that shit, okay. man. Like, I feel so alive in those moments where it's, like, burning, 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 and then you're just in the snow. Or it's, like, okay. you know, in Korea, what they have... Unfortunately, the saunas don't get as hot because they're they're okay. they're not as crazy. You're not in like some shack in the woods in Finland, right? A lot of the times, I've been on sweat okay. lodges and stuff like that that are intended to like kind of put you in an out of body experience. So oh, that's okay. like my, yeah, I've yeah. never been to Finland, but like like, I know what they yeah, do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And so I've been in sweat lodges, and so like I love getting it super fucking hot, uh, and then jumping okay. in somewhere cold. In Korea, you can go to the hot saunas. And then they've got cold pools. Or what I like is they have like these chains on showers. So you just pull the chain and it's just like ice water that Holy dumps on shit. you. Holy shit, okay. <laughs> Fucking hell. I love that. 
<laughs> oh, listen, I can't lie. I've had a crazy night where I dived face first into a bunch of snow and I got a really high feeling too, but it wasn't anything to do with the sword, and I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, the, the dichotomy the dichotomy is great. Um, so it's actually fun. Now that I'm in Korea, there's actually a sauna in like the basement of the apartment, like the series oh, of apartment cool. towers. Yeah. So yeah, now I can just... what. What I can do is like go to the gym and then I could just go to the sauna, sit in the hot sauna, take a shower and then just get in the cold pool afterwards. It's great. It's great. By the way, that's also where I can confirm Finns have fucking cracked it because like the person I was staying with just had the sauna built into the apartment. It was in every mm. one of the apartment in this building we were in. Like it's just default actually. Some of them have it as well as a shower basically. So I thought it was yeah, awesome. Like, you had your own little personal one. Look, you couldn't obviously fit loads of people. You could fit like four people in there, but that's all you need. It's in your own apartment even. It's the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Someday, it. someday I want to have one of those finished saunas in my house. Oh, that would stop. be, yeah. that would be the dream. That'd be the dream. Yes. So great question. Um, Sorry, guys, we're not going to get all the questions this week. I am deliriously tired. So we will be back, of course. Actually, while we're here, uh, Power Spike is back tomorrow. And Best Time League show with Nymira will be later this week. And so we're back on our four League of Legends schedule for the regular season. So Monty and Wolf show for LCK is coming out. Then Summoning Insight, then Power Spike, then Best Damn League show with Thorin's new uh, kind of cycle of guests. So we will see you. I'll see you tomorrow. And Thorin and I will see you together on Summoning Insight next week. Till then.